All right, welcome. We are live. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay, it is Friday, Friday night, Friday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday evening, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. And we're going to be talking about the law of one once again. So everybody share this out. I know I'm early. Everybody will get used to that. I'll put it on the calendar uh, for next week and then start telling everybody that I'm going to be going live at 3 p.m. instead of 4 p.m. It's working out better for me uh, with dinner and, and taking care of my mother earlier in the afternoon. In fact, I might even start going live at like one or two. Uh, those of you that are listening to this on the MP3 file, you guys are picking this up uh, later on anyways, because I put post that afterwards. So you guys listen to that at your leisure. I'm not live there. Unfortunately for you guys, I'm still uh, looking at adding that uh, to be able to go live on the MP3 broadcast, uh, as well as going live on Facebook and YouTube, because I'm moving away from these platforms, I'm still on here now, um, but at some point, I know if they keep going the way they're going with the censorship, that I'll be moving off of off of this platform onto a different uh, platform to pick up a different venue. Welcome, Denise. If you're in the crowd, I can only know that you're here if you say something. Otherwise, I just see numbers, and I just know that people are here. So, like I said, share this out, share this out, share this out. Uh, it is on YouTube. Uh, so if you're, or I'm sorry, on uh, yeah, on YouTube. So if you guys are over there, that's a smaller group of people because I was deplatformed last year, a year ago now by uh, Google, uh, and they deleted over 500 of my uh, shows off of YouTube and deleted me from uh, all Google platforms. I couldn't even use Google the search engine. I had to create a whole new account, which I did uh, to be able to do that a year ago. Um, and now they uh, still only have the uh, amount of security clearance into my life that they were supposed to and they were required to, even though they deplatformed me because I didn't allow them to have access to my medical records, bank accounts, and all that stuff. Um, but that's that's where we're getting to where, you know, if you have an app on your phone, they, they tap into everything. You have to be very careful with what you're doing. Okay, so... And Jillian uh, said uh, she liked my uh, my post. Thank you. She's probably on one of the uh, things chatting at me that I can't see in one of the groups. Uh, it, that's annoying to me that it does that. Uh, it's for, for some reason, Facebook supposedly is supposed to put all the, the chats into uh, the StreamYard chat. But what happens is if I share it to two places... Uh, for some reason, I say this every show, but I'm, I'm doing that because some of you like tune in for the first time and you're like, hey, I was trying to say hi. And and uh, I couldn't uh, you weren't, uh, uh, you know, uh, listening to me or didn't notice me. You know, that does happen. Right. So I'm not even sure. Oh, I know where I'm live. That's right. I'm, I'm checking now and I'm and in the wrong place. I got to start sharing it uh, because I'm live on uh, the Orion Coalition of Light and on um, on the. Um, um, uh, Orion Rising, right? So, okay, so I apologize for that. Uh, I'm going to start. We start, we're, we're on session 16. Yeah, we're on session, session 16. I, and I think I backed up a question or two um, just because right here is where a transition happens. We're talking about um, uh, literally uh, ascending and transitioning to um, 
Yeah, see, so Jillian just messaged me and said it wouldn't let me. She tried to share it out, probably because where you were from, uh, where you were picking it up. If you were on the coalition, the Orion Coalition of Light, uh, there, you know, you can't share it out from there. You have to go to uh, Orion Rising, and then you can share it out from there. So that's exactly. It's because it's a private group, and I and I'm still trying to open that up. It's weird because the uh, well, because it's a group and it's private. That's the issue. So whenever I go live there, it doesn't give the. I don't. I haven't figured out how to open that up. Uh, it's the only group that I have that did that, and I didn't set the security clearance to where when I went live, you guys can't share it. So I have to go into the system and talk to Facebook and get that fixed from that group, the Orion Coalition of Light. Uh, so if you want to share it, go to uh, Orion Rising, the page. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the yeah, the page, not the group, because there's the group and the page, and I haven't shared it to the group yet. Uh, go there, and Jillian, and then you can share it from there, whoever you want, because uh, that's a page, not a, not a group. And because the group is private, it doesn't allow that when we, I don't know why uh, it, it, it doesn't, like I said, I got to fix that. Uh, but I'm going. I'm going to fix that. I want to start bringing people to that, uh, to that group. That's why I'm doing that. And I and I was going to put it on uh, returning to the old ways, but I decided to. Um, I'm going to share it there in a minute. Now that I know that I can't share it from here, which is where I went, same place you went to the Orion Coalition of Light. I was going to share it from there out to uh, everybody, but now it looks like I'm going to be sharing it from Orion Rising as well myself. So uh, please share this out, uh, like I said, and um, let me find the feed here where I'm live. There we are. And I'll share it from here. No, wait, that's not it after all, is it? No. So I have to find where the heck I'm live on my own page here so that I can then send it off, so, uh, which is bizarre to me, right? Is this it here? No. Yeah, here it is. I had to refresh. So I can share it out as well. And I'm going to do that and share it publicly so people know. So I apologize uh, because obviously that's um, that's an issue that I have to address. Uh, and every time I do this, everybody points the finger at somebody else. Right. I go to, to uh, StreamYard and I say, why is it that if I share it in two places on Facebook, I only get one chat in here? And they're like, it's supposed to be all of them. It's uh, Facebook's problem. Then I go to Facebook and I say, how come this is going on? And they're like, well, it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be just fine. It must be StreamYard. That's the problem with corporations. I don't know if it's around the world, but in the United States of America, the corporations get uh, large enough to where they really don't care about you at all because they have so much money that they're making that they just pass the buck. And they, and I've noticed that and that's a, a big complaint. So I'm leaving their platforms because they um, don't seem to care. And when they ask me, why are you leaving? Or if they even care, if they don't care, then I tell everybody like I'm doing now what I'm doing. StreamYard, when I was threatened to leave them, they, they all of a sudden fixed some, from some things last time. Not saying they're not big enough to not care who I am. They're getting there, but the, uh, they haven't gone completely corporate yet. The guys who created it are still in charge. Uh, it won't take long, though, and they'll start not giving a crap about people. That's the problem with corporations. As soon as they get infiltrated by people in service to self, they just don't care anymore. And they just go, look, you're one person. I don't care. Because they thoroughly know right now, currently, that they stifle any dissension. 
So if I start talking out loud about them like I'm doing now, the algorithm will get a hold of me and I'll end up in jail uh, on that platform. And they think because there are so many people that are on the platform, they think that's the only platform. Like when they got rid of Donald Trump off of uh, Twitter and they were like, oh, we've shut him up. Nobody in the world can even hear him anymore. That's not true. But because they're not on any of the platforms that Donald Trump uh, started talking on, uh, they assumed that he had no voice. They didn't care because they only uh, listened to their own platforms. Okay, so so the the problem that you guys all have and that we all have is that is that you continue to stay on their platforms. And because you do that, you're stuck by their rules and their laws and and, uh, who gets deleted. So everybody is left like most of the people that I used to work with that were on Facebook are no longer on Facebook and Messenger. They're all over in Rumble and a bunch of other places, which I have accounts. It just for me to to upload a video to Rumble. Uh, and I have the fastest freaking internet speed that you can get, second fastest that you can get on the earth without being uh, having your own server, which I was going to actually do that. And I might still uh, get a blade server and have my own server and then and then get a sat phone uh, to link up to a satellite uh, from my server. And if I do that, I may end up becoming a server myself and having and hosting my own uh, group of people, which I might do for the coalition as time goes on and then maybe work with other people within the coalition to do so. So we have our own platform and we can't be taken down from the other platforms. Then we can share to those platforms. And if they don't want us there, then we go through other avenues, which I'm not going to get into because we've done that already. And we do that already. Uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, accounts that are not actual, um, they're not my name uh, all over the place in different places. And so do many, many other people that I work with just about everyone. Uh, so that we can do that if they do delete us, we still have access to the same platforms long enough to go on there and say, and they're trying to get rid of that. They're seriously going after people uh, because they know that people are doing that so they can get rid of you and get rid of you, which is fine. I mean, this is normal. This is what happens. And that's why back in the day in the uh, uh, just before the Revolutionary War and shortly thereafter, you had uh, who literally um, – it says it won't let me share it on, uh, oh, Jillian's talking to me again. She says it won't let me share it on Orion Rising. It did, it let me when I shared it. It won't let me share your, oh, YouTube on Orion Rising. Oh, well, that's probably because you need clearance and I'd have to clear you to do that. Uh, so uh, so don't put it on Orion Rising, just put it on somewhere else, right? If you're getting it from YouTube and sharing it, you can share it to anywhere else. Just, uh, I don't know why Orion Rising, the page, won't allow you to put the YouTube up there. Probably because, it, like I said, it needs me to, cl- to to give you clearance because it is a page. You can share it on Orion Rising in the group. I would still have to approve it, but you could do that, Jillian. Thank you for trying all this, though, and being very patient with trying it. So if you so if you go, like I said, if you go to Orion Rising, the page, you can take the link from there on Facebook and you can share it to anywhere on Facebook. Uh, or uh, if you want, you can put the um, YouTube link on my wall uh, but I'll still have to approve it. I'm pretty sure I have that set up so people can't just post shit on my wall. Either way, we can get it up or I'll have to go. I, I was on YouTube and I closed it out, which normally I'm on there and I and I grab it. So thank you for trying to help me with that and put YouTube up on Facebook for people who want to watch it there. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so I may do that in the future just because of the hassle of what's going on. Oh, and, and like I was saying, getting back to Rumble, for me to put a video 
on Rumble with my internet speed being as fast as it is, even although right now I'm doing it from my laptop, which is uh, Wi-Fi, and I'm not hardwired into the into the server or into the you know the internet uh, hub, but I could be the router, but I could be, uh, and it still takes like 45 minutes to an hour. It's longer to upload my video to Rumble. Uh, than it is to upload my video to freaking uh, Dropbox to send it to somebody. It's annoying how long it takes. I can do, <coughs> you know, Facebook still takes, you know, like 10 minutes um, to, to do. But, you know, some of the other stuff does too. You know, like if I put my MP3 file up, it takes a while for it to get up. So thank you, Jillian. I see that you were able to finally share it. Um so thank you for that, if you're still listening, <laughs> right? So people will start getting used to the idea that I'm going to be on it at 3 p.m. instead of 4 p.m. And like I said, I might even go earlier as time goes. It just works out better. Uh, and like I was saying in one of the chats, I've noticed that every person who I've worked with for the past seven years uh, who had shows on other days, uh, you know, all of a sudden they all moved to, uh, to now. They, they all started, you know, they're supposed to be my friends and they don't talk to me anymore. Um, well, I don't talk to them anymore. It's, you know what I mean? Uh, I stopped talking to them because they're they're woke and they think they're awake and they and they uh, all are, are still pushing the narrative of we're a slave race and that some aliens created us. And those aliens are called the Anunnaki, which doesn't even exist because even where they base their entire interpretation of the word Anunnaki, it was not one word that meant an entire species. Okay. It was two words, right? Uh, it was, it, it was actually uh, three words, according to Zachariah Sitchin, Anunnaki. And he didn't know what Na meant. So he just, he just left that word blank. And he used Anu as the God Anu from the Akkadian the Arcadian people who lived next door to the Mesopotamians. So he assumed they were sharing the God and must be talking about that God when he was actually wrong, according to the scholars, the people who actually uh, uh, know the, the Mesopotamian, uh, Mesopotamian language. And they translated it into English. And they say his translation of Anunnaki was absolutely wrong. So, uh, so everybody based it on that. And uh, he said uh, Anunna meant Anu the God. And key meant comes. So he said the God Anu came to earth. Uh, because it doesn't say anything about coming to earth. It just says comes. And that, that was those were the only two words he translated in those three words. Okay. Now, then what happened is in 2012, Giorgio Sukalos from uh, Ancient Aliens, uh, the, the television show, he then took the liberty of saying that it meant those from the heavens came. To earth. Okay, so now it became those people from heaven came to earth. Anu, no word in the middle, which is there, and then the last word, ki. Uh, and then that translated to a race of beings called, and now the three words are one word, Anunnaki, and that means an entire species. And that's what it's morphed into. Okay, so the actual translation, according to the scholars, the people who know how to translate uh, Mesopotamian language, they actually say that those words, that one word, Anunnaki, that everybody calls, is actually three words, but it's actually a compound word, like our TH is a compound letter, or our CH is compound letters. The word Anu and the word Na 
are put are actually one word anu na, and that changes anu, and then they didn't refer to anu as the god anu. Anu na meant royalty, and ki does mean comes. So it does not mean God, does not mean race of aliens, it does not mean extraterrestrials in any way. It actually means Anuna means the prince king. Not a god, not aliens, the prince, the king's son, came. I looked this up and I talked to scholars. But when I say that, the people who are trying to drive that agenda, who believe in this we're a slave race and we were created by this race of people called the Anunnaki. They so much believe that, that they added the Anunnaki onto the Mesopotamian calendar of, 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 of uh, deities, which it wasn't there until 2015 and officially in 2016 or 2017, it became a thing before that it wasn't. Okay. So, right. Then he says it's laughable. It is. It truly is. It's anecdotal. And every time I hear them them preaching that narrative, it's like Chicken Little saying that the sky is falling. It is that it is literally that uh, uh, hilarious because there is no race of people ever referred to on this earth anywhere on any scroll prior to 2016 because they added the name. Uh, and I have copies of it prior to that. You can look it up. Prior to that, there was no Anunnaki. And they're like, well, we discovered that. Okay, let's go over that, right? So you ask them, how did that uh, word get translated into a race of beings? Literally, a trans go it goes back to 1948 when Zachariah Stitchin uh, translated it. And he translated it wrong. Since 1948, the scholars have said he's absolutely wrong. Over and over and over and over. And then Giorgio Sukulos changed what he said from the god Anu come to came to earth to those. So now the word Anu means them, those people from outer space. So it still doesn't refer to a race of people. Okay. That would be like us calling the people in Japan, right? They're Japanese because they come from Japan. But if I saw that they were from Okinawa, are, are we now calling the entire Japanese race Okinawan? No, Okinawa is not Japanese. It's an island off the coast of, of Japan that is actually uh, Asian people, and they don't consider themselves uh, Japanese, okay? But they look like it. And if I translated that wrong because they're next-door neighbors, or worse, Japan and China, okay? And then I came up with one of the Chinese gods because we're assuming that the Japanese, because they're literally only a few miles, less than 100 miles off the coast of China. They share a border. They must share gods. This is what he did, okay? So there is no race of people called the Anunnaki. Never was. But now it's they're becoming gods and, and some alien race that literally is our, our, our captor. And the narrative that this is a penal colony and that there's a race of, of aliens is only driven in truth by humans that have that agenda and aliens who have that agenda. Okay, and I proved that. Also in 1948, at the exact same time, Zachary Stitchin uh, the, translated the scroll wrongly. There was the crash at Roswell, New Mexico, which according to the government of the United States, never happened. However, there was not survivors from a not spaceship that didn't 
end up at Roswell uh, in the in the infirmary, and uh, then the CIA didn't hire the nurse that was able to communicate telepathy using telepathy with this alien who called herself female alien who called herself Errol, who was the captain of the spaceship that didn't crash, and for some reason they they had a months three month long investigation and uh, conversation where that uh, alien was talking through telepathy to the nurse while they were being observed and filmed by the CIA in the room every single day and handed questions to ask her. And uh, she wanted to read magazines and books and history on the earth. And all of that didn't happen according to the federal government, but according to the nurse, before she uh, euthanized herself because she was dying of cancer, before she killed herself, she took all of the information that she actually stole from the federal government and uh, gave it to a reporter. And that reporter correlated it and put it together and then uh, did a voiceover and actually spoke the words to the entire uh, 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 interview. And I did 28 weeks because I got that from the reporter. And I did 28 weeks talking about what that uh, alien was telling us. And that alien was in service to, to self and part of the, the alien race that is invading and has invaded, which Raw was talking about in the 80s, warning us about. And she was telling us that we're a slave uh, planet, all of the same exact narrative, and that we're, we can't escape, we're hopeless. And, uh, and they didn't even know about that. That came out in 2017. Okay. And I did the, uh, I did the, that in 2020 or 2021, I did 28 weeks on that interview explaining and breaking down everything that was going on. And I did the law of one prior to that and I'm doing it again now. Okay. So, so the narrative and raw warns us about that. The narrative that they're using is the Hegelian dialectic. You can look that up. Hegelian dialectic. And that is uh, cause, uh, uh, you know, you, they, you invent a situation, a crisis. You promote that crisis until everybody's afraid of it, COVID. And then you say, I have the, the cure for that, that crisis, COVID. And, uh, but it'll cost you some of your freedom to do so. It's the same thing when how the how and raw explains this the the Orion Crusaders and any crusading any conquering people who are in fact uh, uh, trying to conquer people in the third and the fourth they realize that they are like the vampire knocking at the door because we have free will here they have to have be invited uh, here on the on planet if they're not then the dynamic changes and this is all what raw was teaching. Okay, and I've already, I've already covered this, leading up to where we are, and then we're going to start. Okay, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. All right. So their their modus operandi, their mo, is to come down and say, "Oh no, big bad aliens uh, either have captured you and you're in prison, or they're going to come here to capture you to put you in prison, and not just physically. They they also scare you and say, no, 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 they they actually put your souls in prison, and then they tell everybody there's these machines." That, and this is the narrative that they, all the ancient aliens people that I used to work with are pushing to the world. It's a draconian narrative. And I tried to tell them, guys, you, you're, you're actually pushing the narrative of fear that they want you to push. And, of course, I was the, the odd man out. So they all thought that, you know, told me that I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Pardon my American. So I had to leave them because you have to do that 
when you when you start realizing that people around you are not ascending when you're ascending and they're not rising when you are you at some point you have to separate yourself from them because they they will drag you down or like they're doing now they steal everything that i say and then they put it on the air and they charge people money they try to charge people money to teach them everything i'm giving you for free <laughs> that's no joke I, I they just did that not too long ago and they're still doing it all of them said i didn't know what i was talking about but yet they're all starting to teach the law of one weird right they're all starting to teach the law of one um i'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to them because you should and i tell people this i never tell anybody that you shouldn't or that somebody is false because they're not every single person even if they're in service to self they actually are serving the the greater good in the all that's the, I know that because of where I am in my uh, in my uh, growth spiritually. So I, I would never tell you, oh, that person, you should watch out for them. They're negative or what. I won't tell you that. Even if I know it, even if I know. And then later on, if you get mad at me, I'm going to I'm going to say to you, you're mad at me no matter what. If I tried to warn you before, you're going to get mad at me then. So I can't. Right. Right. See, Denise said they are doing that, but not like you. You explain everything. Correct. Well, that's because they need you to pay them. So they can't take, give you everything for free because they have to charge you every time they want to talk to you. And that's what they're trying to do. And I'm not saying that mediums are wrong for doing that because I, I did the same thing. I still do it on the side. That's a service that you know you're going into. Okay. This is literally different because you can buy the books yourself and read the law of one. So why does, why does somebody think that they should charge you to tell you and interpret the law of one when you can do that? But if you're not a medium, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. So you need to go to a medium to find out, you know, what's going on with your relatives or whatever questions that you have. That's different. You have to hire them as a service. Same thing with card reading and all of that rune readings. So Reiki, because if you're needing healing, that's completely different than spiritual growth. And that's, I mean, I could charge for this and say, look, I know something you don't. And therefore I'm going to be your life coach and I can charge you. I could do that and charge people for being a life coach. Right. I don't, I don't believe in, in doing that, at least not right now, maybe at some point I am writing books about this and I'll charge you for those. Uh, and a lot of what you're going to hear in the books is, is stuff that you've already heard me say. Uh, but there's going to be stuff in there that I don't talk about here. Uh, and there's going to be stuff that I talk about here or I don't talk about here that later in the future I'll be talking about. Right. So, right. Celeste says I charge for readings, but I, I share knowledge freely. See, I agree. Uh, because you have to, because when you're doing the job, when you're working and you're channeling that stuff for them, that is something that, that you need to be given a trade for. You're using your energy and your life force to literally, uh, be a medium and tap in. That's what that means. So medium means literally uh, intermediary between the other side of the veil and this one or the spiritual realm and this one. So you need to be uh, reimbursed for doing that. You wouldn't expect your mechanic on your car to be able to fix your car and not charge you, right? You wouldn't expect your doctor to do surgery on you for free, right? I mean, everybody thinks everything should be free. I agree with that. And when that utopian society is not run by evil people so that it doesn't turn into some sort of communist country uh, to where you end up being slaves to the elite, which is what they're trying to do in this country and around the world. Uh, and they do that anyways, when they, when they were telling you that capitalism was uh, free enterprise, capitalism means to capitalize and capitalizing on a weakness. It doesn't mean free market. If it was free market, it would be called free market. 
Okay. It's not, it's called capitalism. It means capitalizing on something. And what they're telling you is you're capitalizing on your freedom to trade. No, you're not. You're capitalizing on charging people money for something. It's capitalism. Let's be serious about, you have to be honest with yourself and about yourself. This is what we're trying to teach you. But you also have to be honest when you're doing that. You have to look at the, the world through honest eyes, not through horny goggles, not through drunk goggles, not through dumb sleeping goggles. You have to look at the world and see it for what it really truly is, right? Just because they pretend that the, the meaning of, of capitalism isn't what the, what the word capitalize means, because capitalism, like Catholicism, means the practice of, Catholic, of Catholics, of the word Catholic. And the word Catholic means universal light. Okay, so it means a spirituality and a practice thereof. If I am a, uh, you know, if, if I'm a, a uh, uh, somebody who is who is a, a, a communism, that means that uh, you know politically. Let's go to the political rank. I'm I believe in communism. That means that means the communing. That means communal property. That means everybody has everything that is the same. Nobody has anything. And if that's the case, why is it the rich people still uh, want to have all their money and all their shit? And they don't want you to have it, but they're telling you everybody's going to have everything equally. No, what they mean is you guys are going to have basic necessities. We're still going to be rich. So it's not truly what they're trying to sell you. What they're trying to tell you is you guys, we're going to make sure that none of you guys get rich and only us stay with the money. That's what that is about. You have to really be honest with that. Okay. You have to look at that. And uh, communism in and of itself, not ruled by evil people and not having evil people co take control of it, is a great idea. So is socialism. Only when you have someone at the top that is in service to others to keep it away from uh, the, the in service to self. Like, for instance, during the time of Leonidas's reign as king in Greece, in Sparta, more, more uh, poignantly, him, he was in service to the all. He was not in service to self. So everybody there, because they were a socialistic uh, nation forever. The Greeks were that way for a very, very long time. It, but the problem was that some of the guys who got in charge as kings, Agamemnon, for instance, he was in service to self. So he was about power and money and being rich and wealthy. Uh, and his, uh, you know, and then he was the king of kings. So the other kings below him uh, were basically warlords and they were the same way. So it was Xerxes and his father. They weren't Greeks, by the way. They were the, the Persian army, the Xerxes, Xerxes and his father. But my point is there's two, there were two opposing sides to the same uh, thing. They were both socialistic countries, but one was ruled by a king, Leonidas, uh, at the exact same time, by the way, because they fought in a war at Thermopylae, and uh, Leonidas trounced uh, the, those guys. Even though he died, uh, the Greeks then took over their entire, they took over the known world at the time, because he pissed off the Greeks by killing Leonidas and killed him and his family. So the, the those two kings, one was calling himself a god, and that was Xerxes, god king. He was a god. He wasn't even a human. He was a god. And they still do that to this day. A lot of you guys don't know that. Literally, Kim Jong-un from North Korea, if you talk to the people in Korea, they'll tell you he's a god. His entire family have been gods. So to this day, in the 21st century, in 2023, there are humans that believe their leaders, and that's one of the countries, are actually gods. Still going on. You don't know this. You think that we're in this modern country 
or wherever you are in the, if you're in the modern, what you think is the modern world, you think nobody thinks like that anymore. That was 10,000 years ago. It was 5,000 years ago when the Greeks were, no, it has not stopped. Still going on. The caliphate in Saudi Arabia are concerned, are gods, ask their people. Okay, the king and the prince, that's why they kill people if they say something bad about them, because you're a front to, you're a, you're an affront to the God on earth. That is you can look that up. I'm not making this shit up. Okay. Why is all this important? Because it's part of the modus operandi of the conquering nation state, you know, the, that is the the Orion Crusaders, who are actually not even here currently. They were here for a very short time and they're gone because we came and kicked their ass off of this rock. That's not, it's not a joke. You guys don't know that. Everybody thinks that this world is, is getting worse and worse and worse. It is not, it's getting better and better, but it, you're in the, what you're seeing is the death rolls of a way of life that can no longer exist in the new world. And then, and then, you know, I hate to say that because it sounds eerily similar to their new world order that they're trying to put together. Okay, so they're trying to clamp down as much control as they can because they're losing control because they're losing the people and the minds of all of the souls. Because people like are listening to my show and other people telling you about your spirituality and that you're more than the body. And so because of that, they're losing uh, the minds of the people. So they have to control those who they can and stop anybody from having a dissenting voice or anyone that would be enlightening people in any way, illuminating people in any way, helping people to ascend in any way. It has to be eventually, if they have their way, they will be killing us for it. But they can't do that anymore. That's why they're they're doing everything else that they can do. But they don't realize that it's all part of the plan. Those of us who see it know that. That's why I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and tell you, like I just said, I am kind of giving you the, that information, but I'm not going to try and force you in any way to believe what I say. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to not believe me and to go and look and find out and read and pay attention because I know the truth and I want you to do that. And they don't. They want you to just shut up and accept what I tell you. And that's not what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you not to. I'm here to tell you the opposite. I'm here to tell you challenge every word that comes out of my mouth. Disbelieve me. And try and prove me wrong. I've been saying that since I've been on the air now for what am I? I've been on the air since 2016. Okay, so since 2016, when I got when I started on the air, I've been saying the same thing. And I have yet to have somebody go, "I got you. You have no idea what you're talking about, and I can prove it." I have yet to have that happen because every single time when I say to them, "Let's let's go over what it is that you're you're going to say or what it is that you think I'm wrong," look that up. And then when they do, they go and look it up. I encourage people, if you think that I'm wrong about Zacharias Hitchens' translation, look that up. Look up whether he's right or wrong. You're going to find people that are going to give you the same thing. It's there. You can Google that shit. You're going to find people that are going to tell you, here's the scholars, and then the scholars are going to say, no, that was wrong. So, And so all of that they're, they're preaching, I had to leave those people because I had to leave them behind. Otherwise, I would just be sitting there watching them or helping them to promote a, a version of a story that is untrue, that is that is the draconian uh, uh, storyline that they're trying to push to get you to believe you're a slave. Because if everybody believes they're a slave, they'll become a slave because we have free will here. 
Okay. So I'm saying that now because we're ending that portion of what's going on currently, and they're going to go right into cattle mutilation uh, and everything, else, and we're going to get away from this. So I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys, I know I just went 40 minutes, but we're leaving that currently. As soon as I still press play, we're going to be, uh, he's going to have one more question and answer about spirituality, and then he's going to dive right into cattle mutilation. And, and now we're going to start talking about different dimensions that are involved with this dimension. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to go get all of that out of the way that I just said, because we're literally now, I'm going to raise your vibration and pull you away from this 3D religion of power, politics, money, and control. And now we're going to go away from that. They'll go right back into it. But for right now, we're going to go away from that. You'll see. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and press play. And please pay attention. Hi, Cassie. I see that. You, I don't see you saying hi, but maybe you're in uh, like on one of the chats. that's not feeding into here. But I see that Denise said hi to you. Uh, so and, and I know that you have a doctor's visit. And so I don't know if you're I think she's actually has her doctor visit starting in a few minutes. So I think she just checked in and went, oh, crap, he's already live. What the hell? So she realized I went live early. But I think she said she had a doctor's appointment at like quarter tell or 20 tell. So so she's soon, she's either, or maybe you're right, maybe she just got done. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, either way, we'll probably see her in a few minutes when she's done with the appointment, however long that takes. We'll still be on the air, I'm sure of it. Okay, so I'm going to press play. Uh, let me know if you guys can hear it well enough. Uh, Peter, hi, by the way. I didn't say hi. I saw you in there. Uh, right. And he said, he's listening. He said, we spoke about certain things in the group three days ago. I'll talk to you later about it. Okay. Right. So we'll have a conversation, Peter, uh, later this evening or tomorrow. Okay. Well, it depends because you're ahead of me. So it's almost tomorrow for you now. <laughs> right. You're on UK time. So what is that? You're eight hours ahead of me. Right. So you're, you're like at 11 o'clock now or almost 11 o'clock. Is that correct? Or almost midnight. So uh, for you, it'll probably be tomorrow. But yes, we'll, okay, so we'll talk. Okay, so let me press play. Let me know, guys. I'll press play for a couple seconds and let it play. Let me know if I need to turn it up or uh, or what. Okay, so here we go. 16.37 questioner. Can you tell me if the progression of life in the other galaxies is similar to progression in this one? All right, so that was the question. Let me know. I know there's a lag in the chat. Let me know uh, if that's loud enough or if I need to turn it up. Please, someone. Thank you, Denise. It just sounds good. All right, so I'll let it play. And if it, if it seems low, you guys in the chat, just tell me and I'll bump it up a few more notches. All right, so that was the question. Like I said, this is the last question where we're talking about the progression of, and it is this leading right in because it's about spirituality, but you'll see. All right, let's continue here. Ra, I am Ra. The progression is somewhat close to the same, asymptotically approaching congruency throughout infinity. The Right. So literally there are, as we talked about that last week, there are minor differences in uh, the different realities in, in any of you who have phased into a different reality that, you know, and you're in this one and you recognize, we talked about that in length last week, you recognize the Mandela effect and that it has happened to not just you, that it is essentially to millions of people uh, that, uh, that shift uh, at the time when that happens, uh, that that is one uh, facet of of the 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 differences in uh the layers of realities that's what i thought i thought it was almost midnight pete pete said it's 11 45 p.m for him so it is it'll be midnight here in 15 minutes so uh so the so we are segueing into 
the the different realities. We're going to get a little bit more into that when they talk about cattle mutilations, to which the people in the ancient aliens group don't want to hear this version. Um, they just assume that it must be aliens that are flying down here in spaceships and for whatever reason, harvesting eyeballs, lips, and um, genitalia of, of cows and horses. Um, and, and that they will have you believe that that's got to be aliens doing that, uh, probably for reproductive pro uh, processes. So I, I, I guess you're supposed to assume that they're horse-like or cow-like beings and they can't reproduce on their own. So they have to come and take a, a womb of a cow or a, or a horse to be able to, to then fabricate their own. And, and re hey, you never know, though. Right. But that's not what it is. You'll hear in a minute. Free choosing of what you call galactic systems causes variations of an extremely minor nature from one of your galaxies to another. 16.38 questioner. And then the law of one is truly universal in creating the progression toward the eighth density or octave in all galaxies. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. There are infinite forms, infinite understandings, but the progression is one. 16.39 questioner. I am assuming it is not necessary for an individual to understand the law of one to go from third to fourth density. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. It is absolutely necessary that an entity consciously realize it does not understand in order for it to be harvestable. Understanding is not of this density. 16.40 questioner. That is a very important point. See, now that is a very important point. Now he's going to change the question and rearrange the question right here. But that's actually a very important point to, 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 for me to stop and explain, literally. It is actually more important that people do not understand the law of one to ascend from this place because understanding is not actually what you're supposed to do here. That's the next, that's the next level up. Okay, wisdom is the fourth dimension, right? Wisdom and love. And then you separate them in the fifth and sixth. Okay. So you're not actually required to know or to actually understand how the universe works to graduate. All right. But it's not, and this is where he changes the question because he realizes what he said. It's not 100% necessary for you to actually not know. It's 100% uh, it's accurate that you should know that you don't know. What Socrates said, the more you know, the more you realize you know nothing. Okay. So it's not actually, uh, you can't know, like everything that I'm trying to tell you, you shouldn't know to graduate. And it's the only way. Hi, Brianna. Uh, welcome. And it's the only way that you can graduate. And that's kind of what Raw starts to say right there. And then Don realizes that. You'll see that right here. And then he says, wait, let me reframe that question. Okay. But what he's saying is, it, it, you're, the knowledge that you don't, truly know everything is what you're actually supposed to know to graduate. Not, you're not supposed to know anything, otherwise you won't graduate. That's like saying if you're, if you're not baptized, you're going to go to hell, right? You didn't have a water that was, that was tossed on you after I waved my hand over it and cast a spell, which we don't want you casting any spells. We'll call you a heretic if you cast a spell because it's only from Satan. But when we cast a spell on water, it becomes God's water and it's holy now. And it's the only way that I have to throw it at your body so that your immortal soul somehow soaks up the essence of the water. And then, then is the only way that you can get into the afterlife. That's it. 
can't get into the afterlife by believing. You can't get in. This is what they say, according to the churches. Can't get into the afterlife by knowing, by li- by living, by experiencing, and by ascending uh, and 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 finding your way there. Nope, 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 nope. You have to come to our church, put your ass in the seat, pay us a tithing, and have me chuck some water on your head. Otherwise, you can't get in. Can't get in a club. Okay. And I'm now know this. I'm not knocking the church because I'm an atheist. I'm actually uh, a minister in two churches in two Christian uh, uh, ways. I can't be a priest in the Catholic religion unless I swear off sex, unless I sneak it with little boys and, and nuns and don't let anybody know and uh, and have to go to their seminary. But I was baptized by the Roman Catholics and knighted by the Roman Catholics. So that makes me a minister by default as a knight because that's you're a holy knight, you're a holy warrior. You're actually required to do all the things that a priest does if a priest is not available. Okay, and then through the Universal Life Church of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I uh, I have the license and certificate as a minister, which makes me a minister in all Christian religions, uh, everywhere on the face of the earth, recognizable uh, by everyone. So I'm not throwing rocks at the church as an anti-religious, anti-Christian or anti-spirituality um, in any way. And I make that I make that perfectly clear every episode because I don't want somebody to listen to this and go, well, he's obviously an atheist and he doesn't believe in God. That is absolutely the opposite if you know me whatsoever, okay? I also have a Merlin title in the Druid religion, which I spent the first 17 years of my life getting. Not a joke, not a joke. It's 16 and a half years, actually, uh, if you want to know the, the to the minute or the day. Okay, but that's not a joke. I literally spent that much time uh, learning that. Uh, And then, of course, the Jedi uh, way, but that, you know, officially, uh, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, quote, 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 is not an official religion because it's not recognized by what? The church in Rome? (laughs) No, it's not recognized by the government of England or the government of the United States because, you know, they're the only ones who can tell you what a religion is, right? Right. I mean, let's let's be serious because there's, there's no aliens because the U.S. government won't tell us that there's aliens. So therefore, there can't be aliens because they would have informed us. See, that's the thinking of a person who literally believes that the government is in charge of everything. That's why you would say that the government doesn't acknowledge it. It doesn't exist. Right. And that's and that's what that kind of thinking is absolutely insane. I wouldn't I wouldn't go by what the church says either. Right. Because what what Jesus said was opposite of what the church would tell you, even to this day. What Muhammad said was opposite to what his own religion and Christianity for Jesus, his own religion. okay, and Taoism and Buddhism. Neither of those men wanted that ideology to be a religion and they went against their will and made it a religion anyway. Lutheranism, Luther. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King or Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther, who was a bishop in the in the Roman Catholic Church, left the Roman Catholic Church because he didn't believe in the semantics that, that they couldn't be married, they couldn't have sex, that women couldn't be clergy, and he started the exact same religion without all of those restrictions, and he didn't want it to be called Lutheranism either. And then they called it Lutheranism anyways. Okay. So none of these people wanted their their ideologies to become a religion. 
They wanted them to be a, a spiritual way of guidance. All of the people, you can look this up. I'm not, you know, I'm a theologian. I've spent my entire life studying all the religious scriptures from around the world. And if there's one out there that I haven't studied, although except for the book of Kells, because that one takes a lifetime in and of itself. Okay. And when I find things, if I missed it and someone says, did you read this? No, and I read it. Okay, let's continue. I used the wrong word. What I meant to say was I believe that it was not necessary for an entity to be consciously aware of the law of one to go from third to fourth density. Ra, I am RH equals ah. This is correct. 16.41 questioner. At what point in densities is it necessary for an entity to be consciously aware of the law of one to progress? Ra, I am Ra. The fifth density harvest is of those whose vibratory distortions consciously accept the honor slash duty of the law of one. This responsibility slash honor is the foundation of this vibration. 16.42 questioner, can you tell me a little more about this honor slash responsibility concept? Ra, I am Ra. Each responsibility is an honor, each honor, a responsibility. 16.43 questioner, I want to ask a rather questionable question. I may not put it in the book. I was wondering if cattle mutilations that we now experience across the country and elsewhere could be explained by you. <laughs> right. I want to stop right there because we're going to move off. But Denise, you're right. <laughs> Denise said, it's amazing what they taught us as kids and wanted us to believe that. Well, and then they do that. That's part of their modus operandi to keep everybody asleep. They want you to only listen to what they're teaching you and only that. And they don't want to give you anything more. The, the, the perfect example of that is that they teach <coughs> that. And I know this because I have one of the Bibles. If you look up, I've said this before, I don't care what Christian Bible, whatever Christian religion that you follow. Okay. Except for, except for the, the Mormon religion, because they invented their own uh, books. Okay. So you can, you can see that about them. Then they reference the New Testament and the Old Testament. Okay. So the, all of that portion of that religion is the same. Same thing with, with uh, the Muslim religion. That's based on everything that Moses said and the scripture of Moses, which is the Old Testament. Okay. So the Old Testament and the New Testament that they base everything on and the curriculum that they use, if you're, if you're not a Muslim and you're not a, 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 a Mormon, but you are any of the other Christian religions, all of them, including the Baptist, Southern Baptist, all of that around the world, the Bibles, pick one up, go to their church, pick it up and see who published it. Look up that publisher and find out who owns that publishing company. And you're going to find out that 99% of all Bibles published on this earth for the Hebrew religion and the Christian religions around the world are published by publishers that are directly owned by the Roman Catholic Church. I didn't believe this when I was in that church and a nun who was teaching the class that I was in said that. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. And she said, go to a Christian bookstore and pick up every Bible in there. And you're going to find that they were written by three or four companies. Those three or four companies are all owned by the Roman Catholic church. 
So the curriculum that's being taught every single Sunday and any day of the week, if they have the same, if you go there on a Sunday and they have four masses, it's the exact same. They just change a few of the things that are said. And that's because it's all written down for them. Okay. And they have, their curriculums are set up to where they're either two-year cycle, right? And that means every day of the week is already drawn out for them in the book. And you have different um, uh, uh, versions of what you can talk about that mean the same thing from different places in the Bible. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the entire month. And there's a theme for every month and a theme for every year. And it's either a two, a three, or a five-year cycle that you can use for the curriculum. And the reason they do that is that if it's a two-year cycle, nobody remembers we talked about this exact same thing two years ago on this day. 99% of all patrons don't have that kind of memory to go, wait a minute, we talked about this two years ago, and they read the exact same thing. Okay? And then if they, if they seem like you have a flock that remembers that and they bring that up, they switch to a three-year or a five-year curriculum. And it's all set up and they, for, the, for your entire life, you get the exact same things they talk about only every single year. Okay. And, and most of the time I know exactly where they are. I turn on a, a mass that's done in LA, down, down near LA in the United States here in California on Sundays so that my mom can watch a, a mass. I don't watch the local one here on the local channel. I watch that one. And I like uh, Jack Hibbs because he's very, very realistic and, and more awake uh, than most Christian uh, uh, ministers. And there's one that my brother follows, and I can't think of his name. And, and I wish he was on television on Sundays because I would watch him. Uh, he's he's really good. He travels around the world. He's an evangelical, um, but he's very awake, and he teaches the law of one without them knowing he teaches it. He literally refers to the word of God as the logos, which is that Greek word. That's not in most of the Bibles these days, unless you have one that was translated from Greek and, and skipped Coptic. Uh, you know, was translated from Greek, like uh, Zachariah, or no, uh, um, what's his name? Eric Von Daniken was just talking about on a video that somebody just uh, that just dropped in one of the chats the other day. I don't remember who it was, um, but I was watching it. He was talking about when he was a kid uh, and he was, they were having in his school, because he was in a Christian school, they were teaching them to uh, learn Greek and Latin and uh, he in German. And, and uh, he was, uh, or he was German speaking, but they were teaching to skip over Coptic and go back to the Greek and translate it either from Greek or Latin or both into German. So skipping the the Coptic, skipping the 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 uh, uh, the the Hebrew, and going straight from the Sanskrit uh, to the Greek, or from you know Greek to uh, German. So skipping or Latin to German, skipping uh, the Coptic and the and the other languages that it was translated into Hebrew because there's a lot of, you lose a lot of it in translation. So you actually get the words uh, directly now from the first translation, unless you teach yourself Sanskrit, right, uh, or Yiddish. And I think the Yiddish is modern, so Sanskrit would have been what the original Bible was probably written in, uh, or whatever it is that they were speaking uh, in Africa at the time in Egypt. And I'm not sure what that language was. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a linguist, although I'm getting there. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's continue here. Right. 
Yes, I know. Peter's saying Elon Musk came out three days ago and said uh, that the only reason my rockets are, are blowing up is because we can't get past the firmament. Oh, no. Are you serious? We don't know where the gateway uh, and it's closed. Oh, seriously? Did he say that? Well, oh, okay. Wow. That's kind of scaring me if he thinks that the earth is flat. He can't get past the firmament. I don't know that that's true. I'll have to vet that, Pete. Because uh, if it is, it kind of scares me. I've listened to the man talk and he doesn't seem, although he doesn't seem as awake. He's not as awake as people think he is. So he may. You might be right, Peter. I'll have to look into that. We'll talk later and we'll, we'll vet that. If it's vetted, let me know. Because uh, he's not as awake as he was talking about. So it is possible. Okay. So Denise says, I've seen Greek Bibles. And she says, yes, they say logos, but it, it never made sense until it was until I explained it. Yeah, logos, what it means. And then there's just that's just like the, the Greek word philosophy, which is where we get that word from. Uh, the, there's a, a you know argument over that because it was a whole conceptual ideology. A lot of the way the, the Greek words worked was they were concepts, not just a single word. Uh, but that's why we have definitions for words, because most words are entire concepts. So some people will tell you that philosophy means, you know, the, well, that just means the study of knowledge. When it doesn't, the literal translation means the knowledge of love or and slash or the, you know, the knowledge of love and slash or the love of knowledge. So it's the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge. And that so it's a dual concept that is learn, teach, teach, learn in its ideology. So so the, so they were more awake to where they were literally referring to things uh, in that whole learn, teach, teach, learn ideology. Then they were thinkers. They were way, way awake as a society and their, and their information is still around. And then when they translate it, they dumb it down and keep it away from that whole conceptual thing. And they pick one little thing and they say, well, this is what it means. That's the problem with when people are translating something that they don't understand properly. And that's what Zachary Stitchin was trying to teach himself how to uh, interpret the cuneiform uh, of, of the Mesopotamian language. And so because of that, he was he was taking references instead of and taking the liberties and saying, well, I think it means this. Because this word comes from these people who live right next door and they're probably trading. And normally we see that they also trade gods uh, and sometimes have the same gods, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the Greeks and the Romans did with Poseidon and um, um, what's his name? They were the same god, but they had a different name. But Apollo was the same god even going up to the north, to the Norse people. Okay, so Apollo was the one god that they, the Greeks and the Romans both called Apollo. Okay, and uh, and uh, the the you can see that the other gods. I don't want to get too much into the theology, but even Thor and Odin um, are Zeus and Apollo. Right, so they just have a different name, but that's normal for all the religions to have these deity figures be identical but with a different name. Uh, that is that is uh, centered around their uh, words doesn't mean that it didn't mean the same thing. Most of the time it does. Okay. Okay. Uh, like, you know, the word king. We say the word king. Some people call it a monarch or a czar. Right. And in the Latin and the, in the Greek, it's, it's Rex. 
like the Tyrannosaurus Rex, literally means king of the dinosaurs. That's <laughs> what it translates to. And that's like a lion, the Leo, king of the, of the jungle. Concept of the word Leo means king of the jungle. But to us, it means lion, which comes from the French translation of the word Leo and the French spelling of Leo and the way they say it, Leon. And it's spelled lion, L-I-O-N. So we say it in English, lion, with the accentuation on the I, and, and using that sound, lion, I-I-I-N, and they said Leo, because Leo, L-E-O, was the Greek uh, 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 translation into English. There was different letters, and I'm not sure what the Greek letters L-E-O were, and I could probably look that up in a half second and tell you, but it was pronounced Leo. And so the, the French used what they had in their alphabet to represent that, those sounds. Lyon, L-I-O-N, okay? And then English people looked at that and the way they spoke the words after Middle English or Old English became Middle English and then Middle English became Modern English, common now, that word, L-I-O-N, Lyon, became Lyon. Do you understand? That's how things get uh, translated into different words and people think they mean something completely different and they're actually the same word. They're just spoken differently by the different language. Leo, lion, leon, they're all the same words spoken slightly different because of the language of the people and the way they say the words. It means the same thing. I know, Rick, I, I, I'm, I'm starting early. I, I knew everybody's going to show up at four like now and go, holy crap, you've already been going for a while. What the heck? I'm changing the time. I'm going to officially, I said that at the beginning, but you weren't here. I'm going to, I'm going to officially, because most of you guys that are out there, like you're in Australia, so it's either really early in the morning for you or late at night for everybody that's in Europe. We're getting that way because it's almost midnight. It's midnight now in Europe. Right. And so that means you're because you're what, 15, 16 hours ahead of me. So you're like six or seven or eight in the morning now. Right. Something like that. <laughs> so I know it's going to be earlier for you guys. <clears throat> and those of you in South Africa and those of you well, no, South Africa, Peter, if he's here, Peter uh, GV, which he said he was going to be. So he's probably in the other chat and I can't see his words if he's talking. Um, and I apologize, Peter, if you're there. Yeah. 930 a.m. So it'll be at eight, eight o'clock or 903, he said. It'll be at 8. Uh, that's when I'm going to be going live, 8 a.m. for you. It is. I know it's a little earlier, but but yeah, I will be doing I will be doing that. Um, yeah, and speaking of Lionheart, right? That's hilarious. He says Lionheart, right? Yeah, so Lionheart, Peter says, yes, that's what Leo means. That's what my name means. Leonard means Lionheart. My, it's a German, uh, uh, old German uh, uh, spelling of the word Lionheart, which you see on the screen. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you guys to actually look at. Right. He literally uh, puts that there, Lionheart. And then he had the word heart afterwards. But Lionheart, that's the English version of the spelling of my name, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, which is Leo Nard. The word Nard is actually pronounced Nard or, or with the H sound of the N. So it's actually Leonard, which means Lionheart. It's just the German spelling of it. I'm not German, but that, but the family name came from there and that actually is a spelling that came from the from the Gaelic and the Welsh uh, and that and the spelling changed it was it was like more like the Russian it was l e o h a r t 
uh, and the Russian is is Lenet or Lenin, which would be Lenny or Lenny or, or in in English. Uh, so like John Lennon, his last name means Lionheart. <laughs> it's just a Russian uh, spelling of it. A lot of people don't realize that how many things are the similar around the world. It's the same with religion. That's why I pointed that out. It's the same with religion, and and a lot of times a word translated wrongly. Uh, like, for instance, there was an entire book about this that Dan Brown, one of the three books that Dan Brown based the Da Vinci Code on was Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And the reason that it was called Holy Blood, Holy Grail was because the entire uh, the entire uh, Christian Bible is based on uh, the, the ancient word of Sangreal. Okay? And that comes from Middle French translation of the Coptic okay and that and literally that that means it was in the movie he actually shows you that in the movie so it come the word sangrial right uh grail or 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 sanguine the word sanguine is a, is a Latin word that means blood okay so literally that that sangrial is really the word song is is sanguine translated into Middle French, and then translated into Modern French. So the word sangrial, and then grial means, uh, means if you have it separated, and this is exactly what they show you, that Dan Brown put in his book, if you take the word sangrial from the Middle French, and it's one word, it means it means the blood of Christ. It means uh, the holy, holy blood. There's your holy blood, holy grail. Okay? So... So, but if you take the word and you separate it into two words, and I bring this up again because it's exactly what happened with Zachariah Sitchin. If you separate the word sangrial into two words, sangrial, two words, now it means holy bloodline. Doesn't mean doesn't mean literal blood, it means bloodline, it means royalty. Okay, so literally. The difference between, that's why it's holy blood, holy grail, because it's either the grail, which is the blood of Christ that you drink, or they're telling you that that his DNA is royalty. Same thing with Anunnaki. When you, when you have it as one whole word, Anunnaki, which it doesn't exist, even though it's written that way, but it's written that way not because there's a space before it and a space after that. The entire cuneiform language of the Mesopotamians has no spaces in between any of the letters. Any of the words. It's literally they start writing and it's, well, it's one letter after, letter after letter after letter after letter, line after line after line after line until they're done. And then they don't even put a period there. They just stop writing. And that's the way they wrote. But the problem is that they have compound words that change the meaning just like the Hebrews do. If you put one word with another word, it means something different. The same thing with sangreal. Sangreal has one word together. If they take the space out of it and crunch it together, it changes the meaning. Instead of being the blood of Christ, it means that, that Christ's blood is royal blood. Jesus was the great-grandson or great-great-grandson of King David. His wife, because the word spouse... 2,000 years ago, in the, the Hebrew that they were speaking, the Yiddish they were speaking, and the Far Farsi or the Sanskrit they were speaking was the word companion. That word companion 
2,000 years ago meant spouse. So when Jesus was alive and they wrote down, and even 100 years after his death, when that when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written, 100 to 400 years after his death, that word spouse still meant, or that word a companion still meant spouse. 2,000 years hence, companion means some dude I hang out with, some chick I hang out with. We're buddies. Companion. Okay, but not back then. The same thing with Sangreal. Sangreal, if translated wrongly, in which we believe that that's what happened, because if you go back and you look at the original Sanskrit, there's a space. It means royal bloodline. So that's the whole story of, is there a royal bloodline? Was was Mary pregnant when Jesus died? And there's evidence to prove that she was. In fact, the daughter that she had when she went to France, her name was Sarah. And in Hebrew, at the time, the word Sarah meant princess. But she claimed that that was one of her slaves, a servant. However, that servant, after Mary died, grew up and married a prince and became the queen of the south of France. When have you ever heard of a commoner, especially a slave, marrying a prince and becoming a queen? That doesn't happen. They have stations. And we're talking about uh, you know, 1,500 years ago or almost 2,000 years ago now. And that didn't happen then. So the slave girl to Mary Magdalene also had abilities she had the ability to speak to animals and to heal with her hands, and so did her children. Okay, so she rolled into, she married into royalty. The only way you can marry into royalty is you have to be royalty. So they knew that she was royalty. They also had to have known if she was royalty, her bloodline, which means they knew that she was the descendant of Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene wouldn't have been able to marry Jesus and have children unless she was also of royal descent. And that's what Dan Brown put in his book, which became the movie. And he has that scene in the movie. And he literally calls it the greatest cover-up in history. And I literally made a video from that scene and put it on my YouTube channel, which got deleted by Google when they deplatformed me last year. Oh, actually, and it's, see, and it's, that's funny because it does. Rick says... A uh, sangrial sounds uh, sounds uh, a, a term related to a Spanish summer drink, which is very similar, right? And it, it, but it is sangrial ambiance, which what does that mean, right? Look up that word in Spanish and see if it translates to Spanish uh, in ambiance. We know what that means. That's a French word, ambiance, by the way. Um, so sangrial, which you think is a Spanish drink, summer drink is actually is actually French words. Okay, and it would, and then that would actually translate if it was French, sangreal ambiance, which means the essence of Christ or the essence of holy blood. <laughs> look up that, look that up. Somebody look that up in Google Translate and tell me what it translates into English right now. What they, what Google Translate says, Rick, see if you could you do that. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do it because I'm, I'm curious what it would say. I'm going to do that. I want to know what that, what Google would say. So if you guys get it faster than me, put it in the chat. Okay. If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna type that in the chat and see what it is that uh, Google actually translates that uh, to right now. Currently, that's hilarious. I wonder I wonder what it what it uh, would translate as, <laughs> right? So I'm gonna check your spelling and see if you're right. 
Yeah, see, if, when I put it in the Sangreal, did you spell it right? Let me see what you put. S-A-N-G-R-A-I-L. That's what I put in there. It doesn't translate it. It says that it's an English word, that it's that Sangreal. So we should, I should probably look that up and see what it says as a definition, right? See, now it's changing the spelling and it's saying that it that it should be Sangreal, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L. So it's trying to translate it into English and say that, but it's giving me the uh, Sangreal separated, by the way, S-A-N dot uh, grail. Right? Another term for grail, meaning blood, holy blood, holy grail. So, so they are literally translating it, that word, just so you know. As sang real, S A N G, next word R E A L in English. Okay. And they're saying that means Holy Grail. But it doesn't if you translate it into the French. Or if you separate that into two words, it means Holy Blood or Bloodline. That means Royal Bloodline, not Holy Blood. But it, in the modern, again, this is my point of the translation. In the modern, it means that, but it didn't mean that then. Do you see? Right? And there's, yeah, Peter, There, there's, again, right? There's, uh, Peter says, my name in Arabic is Petros. And that is, is the man of the rock. Okay? It does say royal blood. See? Denise, she looked up. It does say royal blood, not holy blood, not holy grail, but royal blood, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So literally, if they took the space out, or if it was written in Sanskrit, which, which was written in a, in a cuneiform context, that was the, what they used for Sanskrit. It was cuneiform, just like the Mesopotamian language. That means most of the time back then, there was no spaces in between words. Okay? So that's my point of all of this. You can lose things in translation if you don't know what it is that you're translating properly and that applies to the bible and it applies to most things spiritual and reading the bible and that's why they didn't want you to read the bible by yourself because you could misinterpret things this is the point of all of this however the problem with that is right the problem with that is see I, yeah i tried it too uh it, it's so so yeah sangreal if you it, it means it, it does. It, it depends on how where you put the space and if you put a space. And, it, and even Google Translate screws with that and says that, right? I didn't actually separate that, the word in the Google Translate, right? So let me do that and separate it and see what it says. It means Holy Grail. So so it's the other way around. I got that backwards. So if I separate it, Sangreal, it means Holy Grail. And if you put it together, it means Holy Bloodline. Uh, so, so literally it means Holy Grail. If you separate the word, so I said that backwards, I apologize for that. So I was saying that if you separate it and say, and I said it the other way around, so I was wrong. If you separate it and it's sangreal, it means holy grail. But if you put it together as one word, it means, and they'll separate it. They won't translate it. It'll be hard for you to find the translation uh, because they, because they're not doing it here. But if you do it in, in, uh, and tell it to, you know, if you find, look up old French, middle French, uh, you'll see that, uh, it literally means royal blood. Okay, so so it doesn't. So the so it mean yeah. The word grail means blood. No, the word well no no. The word sang, 
the word sang is uh, is comes from sanguine, and sanguine means blood. So the word the word uh, grail is grail. So grail doesn't mean blood. Grail means means uh, well. Yeah, it, it actually it means it means cup of blood is the actual translation for the grail. The grail is the, is a cup that you drink out of or a sustenance in the cup. So when they say sang, the sand is sanguine. Okay. And then when they put it together and they want to change the word, and this is where it gets complicated because you have the word sangrial, right? And so literally sanguine, meaning blood, is translated into a word that is the most similar word that they can find, sangria. Do you understand? So the word, so the actual word sanguine is what they originally were using. And sanguine means blood. Doesn't mean cup of blood. It means blood. So they assumed that that, it, that Jesus was saying, drink of my blood, because he was ceremoniously handing wine, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. But they don't know that he really said that. And some people say because that was written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And actually the Last Supper was in Mark and not in Matthew or Luke and John. And that that was written 100 years after his death. So they don't know if that was an actual account. So he, he may not have said that. And it may be that somebody wrote that because they were trying to prove his lineage. And they tra translated the word sanguine to Coptic. And then that word got translated to French. And the closest word they had was sangrial. Okay. And then when somebody said, what does that mean? They were the, the blood of Christ. They, again, someone took the, the liberty, right? Yeah, see, there's a weird one. DNA in Arabic is num, N-U-M-B, num. And that word doesn't mean that in English, does it? There's lost in translation. So the original word in Greek translated from the, from the uh, Sanskrit was sanguine, meaning blood of Christ was that reference. And that's what you need to figure out. What was the reference? Did it mean literally drinking the blood of Christ or did it mean that his blood was a bloodline? Because back in the day, that's what they said when they said you have Royal blood, you have, you have Royal blood. Okay. So they didn't say your blood is Royal. They didn't say your DNA. They didn't understand the, there was no concept of, of what that actual chemical was DNA. Like we know today. So they would refer to your DNA as your blood. The blood that, of course, is through your veins. I'm American, so I have red, white, and blue blood. You're, if you're English, you're, you're a blue blood. If you're a cop in America, you're a blue blood because of the blue line, the blue shield, because you're, because police is synonymous with the color blue. Over here, they've changed all of the, the uh, uh, police uh, uh, lights that flash, and in England, too, they're blue flashing at you. So that's become synonymous around the world where it used to be in America. They used to be red for all emergency vehicles. Then they started flashing the blue and the red here. And then eventually they got with the program for the rest of the world and it's blue. Okay. So my point is lost in translation, changed the word and the meaning, the meaning sanguine does not mean literally drink the blood out of my veins. Right. So, but they said that, that he was, was saying that what drinking this wine is like drinking my blood and eating this biscuit is like eating of my flesh. So drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And that's what people do in a Christian church today. You eat the biscuit and it's supposed to be the body of Christ. You drink the wine and it's supposed to be the blood of Christ. 
And you're doing that because you're, it's, a, it's a 3D rendering of your devotion to Jesus. That has nothing to do with, with whether or not he was royalty. Do you see? It became a ceremony to control the people and to, to effectively say, I'm pledging my allegiance to Jesus and giving my heart to Jesus because they were trying to venerate Jesus as the son of God. And, and then he must be God. So, but the translation, and that's where the translation went wrong, is in, in the, the Middle Ages, okay? Because the concept changed when they translated the word from the Greek sanguine into the Latin sanguine, or for either one of those into the, the French or Spanish versions of Latin, because they're, they're both derivatives of Latin, so is Italian now. <laughs> they're both they're all three derivatives of and so is Portuguese. They're derivatives of Latin and Greek combined. And then the words I'm speaking to you right now are currently a derivative of the Viking languages, three of them. The the Latin languages, which would be the Greek, uh, Roman, uh, um, Latin, uh, and French. Greek, Roman, Latin, French, the four of those mixed in uh with the the the, the Castilian, right? Uh, and mixed in with the Svenska and uh, the Swedish and the Norwegian. You put all those, we borrow words from all of those languages, and that's this language I'm speaking to you now. There isn't a single word in here that I'm saying to you currently that was invented by someone who is English speaking. <laughs> all of these words are borrowed. It's a mishmash of those seven languages or eight languages, seven languages. Every word that we speak is borrowed from the, and we say many of the same words that we think mean something different, the same words. So that's my point of all of this is that you have to be careful when, when you're translating and you have to go back to as far as you can to the base root and then understand and learn what did they mean. If I'm going to be using their concept, you need to actually know, and it's the same thing with spirituality or philosophy, in general, if I want to know what the philosophy of Carl Jung was, I need to learn when he lived, what he learned, what was his learning curve, what did he study, what was he exposed to, what was going on at the time in the world politically, geopolitically, to motivate him to be who he was. You can't just read his words and translate that to now. People do that now, and that's where everything starts getting banned, because we don't think it's cool now. Do you see? So because it's become passe, because maybe we've grown as, a, as a, an entire race and species, so therefore calling someone who's, who's in fact some sort of African uh, descent, African whatever country they're in, African-American, African-European, African-Australian, African whatever, or an aborigine in Australia, aboriginal mixed with another race or just aboriginally by itself, calling them some derogatory term, at one time was the norm. Also treating them like slaves and calling them that was normal. And that's no longer normal. But to get angry with, with history and say we need to delete that history so that we don't ever see it because it was wrong is in fact wrong. You have to embrace that and say, look, that's what we did. And look how far we've come. So you need to keep that history around to show we're not like that anymore. It doesn't mean that you're teaching that and that you want people to be like that. You want people to see what's wrong. 
if you don't have an example to show somebody what's wrong and you say to a kid, don't touch that fire, you're going to burn yourself. The kid's going to touch the fire. But if some kid stand next to him who has got burns all over him and you say, don't touch that or you're going to get burned, they go, well, they reach over, they go, I'm going to touch that. The kid next to him goes, don't do that. You'll get burned like me. Look. Okay. Or you say, don't touch that or you'll get like him. Well, I don't want to look like that. Did it hurt when that happened? Yes. Melted my skin. That's why it's this way. But if you kill that kid because he's because uh, he's been burned, because you don't want anybody because burning is bad. You can't have that kid around to have anybody see him because burning is bad. And then when you go to tell the kid, don't put your hand in the fire, he's going to put his hand in the fire because he has nothing to base his reasoning as to why not. And then he's going to burn himself. That is the way it is with, with life. You can't tell somebody, don't be prejudiced. If you don't have the memory of what it was like to be, uh, uh, have people to be prejudiced against you. Okay, that would be like telling uh, African-Americans or Africans in general, whatever country they were in because they were slaves at one time, you can't even talk about it. Because why are we not doing that? We don't want people to remember anybody who was bad and had slaves, but we want you to have all these people to tell us about slavery. But, but why not have the history that tells you the same thing? Well, no, because those were the people who actually had slaves. They need to be erased. Well, then when you tell somebody they were slaves, then what if I am I'm a kid and I'm learning that? And I go, I don't believe you. Who were these people that you're telling me about? I can't say their name. That's why it, it becomes very obvious to people who are in the Muslim religion when you can't say Muhammad's name, or not Muhammad, but Allah, unless you're referring to Allah, and then you can't draw a picture so nobody gets to know what all it looks like. And if you do, we'll kill you. People say this religion has got to be something wrong with it when, when I'm going to get killed for drawing a picture of our God or saying the God's name. And it used to be that way with the Christians. You can't say the God's name in vain or you're going to go to hell. What? what? I can't say, oh, God. Oh, that's saying in vain. You're going to hell now. Are you kidding me? I don't. If God is that way. And this is the truth. And, and this is a theologian and somebody who has four minister titles and four different religions on this earth. If I get out of here and I go, well, there's some big fat old white guy with a beard sitting on a throne. And I walk up and somebody goes, Hoo-choo! and I say, God bless you. And he goes, that's it. You're fucking done. I'm going to change my name to Lucifer Satanus. And I'm going to start a revolt to get rid of that guy. Because that guy is not awake. That guy is a human being. Cassie, welcome. I've been waiting for you. That guy is a human being, and he's thinking with ego. And that's what the story is. The story is not a deity that's all-knowing, all-loving, all-seeing. That deity that's sitting on that throne is, in fact, a 10-year-old child that is a human who would be ruling as a king on this earth. Otherwise, that person wouldn't be that way. And if that's all we got in the universe... I'm more advanced than that creature that is supposed to be the, the creator of the universe. And that creature needs to be taken off the throne because that one is not in fact in service to the all, but in service to, to self. And that one is very childlike and very egoic. Okay. So if you're a theologian and you start learning and you start ascending, and then you start looking at some of these things that are written in these Bibles that they're teaching you are supposedly the right way. Why is it that these deities sound like children? No different than a politician. No different than than Donald Trump or or uh, or uh, Brandon, you know, or Joe Biden. No different. They speak the same way. Those people are fucking sleeping. Okay, 
and they're out for money and they're out for themselves. So if that's as far as we can go for a God, then, then this society, this human race isn't worth saving. And I know for a fact that that's not true because I'm already past that. And I don't, and I think if I'm what we got, we're in trouble. We're, we're in serious trouble. So, so I know that whoever it is that's higher up than, than we are, that is in that God status or above, is far different from what's written in these dusty old tomes. Far different. Let's go back to the very oldest one, because we're going to go right into aliens now on here. But let's go back to the very oldest Mesopotamian scrolls. Let's talk about that for a second. Here's how that scenario got into a mess. Okay. The god, Tiamat's husband, was trying to sleep. So a god needs to sleep now. But it was okay 5,000 years ago or so, 10,000 years ago. That's how gods were depicted. So this god needs to sleep. And his three sons are partying. They're gods too, by the way. And they're partying all the time. And, and their father god says, you guys need to keep it down. I'm trying to sleep. And they're like, yeah, yeah, thanks, dad. And they ignore him and they keep partying. So dad gets pissed off. And, and does this sound like somebody who is an all-seeing, all-knowing creator of the universe? He looks at his wife and says, yeah, I'm going to have to just kill our kids. I'm going to kill them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill our sons. So the god's answer is, if you don't shut up, I'm just going to end you as a god and kill you. That's the type of god that we're dealing with now. That's the mentality of this all-knowing, all-seeing, obviously not all-loving uh, god. Okay, I'm going to kill our three sons because they won't shut the fuck up. So she's scared now. Okay, so, so Tiamat, who is supposed to be the most powerful thing in the universe is afraid and not wanting to stand up to her husband and say, you're not going to kill anybody. So in secret, she runs over to the boys and says, hey, you guys better knock it off. Your father said he was going to kill you now because you won't shut up. So now the three of them decide they can murder their father and get away with it because they're strong enough. Weird. He's the God who created them. And he was going to kill them a second ago. But now, because they know he was going to kill them, they plot to kill him. They don't come at him with, like, every army on the earth. The three of them just attack him and kill him. So if he would attack them to kill them, chances are he would have died, apparently, because the three of them overpowered him. <clears throat> so now Tiamat gets pissed off and gets enraged out of her gourd because they murdered her love, her husband her own kids. So she kills them. Gotta love how the gods are just murdering each other over nothing because they're all seeing, all knowing, all creating of the universe and supposed to be the oldest elder scroll in existence on this earth. So all other scrolls must be uh, uh, taken from them. And we're supposed to take this literal. So she kills her three sons and everyone in the kingdom all the way down to the humans, are now say that Tiamat is, in fact, evil. She switches and becomes evil now. Out of her mind, and she is evil, and she has murdered her three sons, so now we have to kill her. Do you see where this is going? Everybody's just killing everybody. So then uh, the elders of the gods that are still alive 
grandsons, great grandsons, cousins, brothers, sisters, ex roommates, they get together and they nominate one of the gods to go and kill her. And then when he gets there, she's created all these beasts, which there's seven of them. And I'm not going to get involved in, in the esotericness of what that story actually means. We're just going on the 3D level of reading it now as children uh, of 5,000 years ago reading this and children today, uh, 5,000 know, 5, years later, reading this. So now she's evil. Weird how that happened. Uh, because she took revenge because her kids murdered her husband and then she killed the people who murdered her husband, which is revenge. And now it's evil, but it's okay that everybody's going to try and kill her now because they've said she's evil. And because she's no longer around to defend herself. Oh, wait, we'll get to that in a minute. She's dead, but sleeping. She's not actually dead. She's sleeping, but she's dead. And they used her body to make the universe, but she's actually sleeping. So that's, that's very esoteric in and of itself. I'm not going to get involved next. We're going to go into, into, into cattle mutilation in a second on uh, uh, Law of One. So then they, they, everybody they send against her, they quake in fear and can't defeat her and run, shit themselves, pee themselves, run for their very lives. She doesn't pursue them and kill them. She's just standing around waiting for somebody to come and kill her. Uh, I guess she's evil now. And so she's just telling everybody, come get me. And eventually somebody goes to her grandkid, um, who is Marduk, and he says, oh, I can kill her. And then he gets together and he goes and has this magic bow, right? And, and it's always the weapons. And, and that's why I'm not going to get involved in that. But that's like Thor's hammer and, and Odin's spear and, uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, the bolt from uh, over in uh, the uh, Hindus in India uh, with the bolt of lightning. It's the same as the spear, the trident uh, by, uh, by Poseidon. Uh, and in that, it's all the same weaponry, uh, just per, uh, depicted slightly different uh, and by a different name. Okay, but it's all the same. And that's going to go in my book um, that I'm writing. So all of the answers to all of that, I'm going to do a comparison, a theological comparison of all scrolls. And I'm going to show and, and literally show how similar they are and where they're similar and, and what the differences are. Nobody's done that yet. The closest one was the Hero of a Thousand Faces by... Um, by uh, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right this second because I'm on to spirituality. Um, but you can look that up. And so then he goes up against her and he kills her and then they take her body and they make uh, the, the sky, the planet, the stars, all of that is done from her body. And that's the same in all of the creation stories. Um, they, they all have that. And that'll be in my book too to show you all that. But here, But then all of a sudden they're okay. So now they're okay that Marduk took revenge for the murder of his uh, of his grandfather, uh, and the murderer of his grandfather was killed by his grandmother. And then he when he got went after his grandmother and killed her. And then all of a sudden it just stops. Well, father said I'm going to kill the kids. They murder him, so she murders them back. And then Marduk murders her back. And then they're okay with it. And it all just stops now. Why? Why are they not now seeing Marduk as evil because he murdered her? Because she murdered them because they murdered her husband. Now it's totally, then it just stops. That story, that stories you tell children. Okay. Now, why is that all of a sudden just the same? And that's just as crazy as the Garden of Eden story. And I'm not going to get involved in that. Okay. So stay tuned for probably this time next year, depending on how soon I get my book put together. Uh, it'll be out probably in 2024. <laughs> I don't, I hope to get it out before 2025. And, uh, 
it'll have that. And if it's not in the first one, it'll be in the second one. Um, but you guys will, will hear about that. And so you'll understand what I'm saying now. So it might sound crazy to you right now. And you may not get what I've just said. When my book comes out, you guys will figure it out then. Okay. So let's go we'll continue with the law of one, because now we're going to get into cattle mutilation and we're completely away from the theology of, of, of the, of all the scrolls. Okay. Now we're going into the esoteric of spirituality and the realities and the differences in different um, planes of existence. All right. So sorry that we're leaving that. So if you guys had any questions, I'll have to address those afterwards. Bo, welcome, my, my friend. You guys are just in time uh, for, to miss all the spirituality, but we're going into cattle mutilation. So here we go. Ra, I am Ra. The greater part of your so-called mutilations take place according to the ways of your second density beings which feed upon carrion. A portion of these so-called mutilations are those which are of what you may call multidimensional type, a thought form construct using various parts in order to have life and being in third density. 16. Okay, so literally most of it he's saying, or they're saying, is just animals that are eating the other animals. However, there is a portion that is slightly out of phase that they're actually using the reproduction organs that you see them uh, taking out to actually reproduce. And that's part of, of how they reproduce. So that's a natural phenomenon that's happening. The, diff the problem is that they are not seeable in this dimension, the current phase of the third dimension, that, this illusion that we're in, but they exist side by side with it to the point where, pardon me, to the point where they can actually interact and, and utilize these animals reproductive organs to reproduce so it's not something that is you can actually see here an animal or bigfoot or a, a ufo flying down and, and and harvesting this it's literally out of phase but it's not in the uh, on the other side of the veil where a medium would be able to communicate with them or see them it's in another phase in another layer of the existence that is in phase with animals in some way. That scares people, so they don't want to have any part of believing it. They would rather believe that, you know, these little gray guys are flying a little spaceship that looks like, a, you know, that, that looks like a little round saucer with a little globe on the top, and there's a little guy with a big brain sitting in there going, and he comes down and goes, and for some reason he likes the the, the reproductive organs, the lips, uh, the asshole, like what they make hot dogs out of, and the eyeballs and the tongue of cows and horses, and uh, and he wants to eat those, or maybe he's using them to have sex with uh, as a as a sex toy, but they don't really talk about that too much out loud on television. And the other thing is that they're using that for reproductive purposes, so they kind of get the idea, but they immediately put it into the three dimensional, and say, well, it must be an entity in three D that's doing that because something physical happened. And then when it gets into the macabre, they immediately jump to, it's the government deep state that is doing it for some reason and we don't know what. It's always, they always try to explain everything into the third dimension, into the 3D reality. And it has to, and that's science for you. That's why I left that field. I was going to be a nuclear physicist and that's why I left that field. Because they refuse to see anything other than the third dimensional aspect of reality. 
even though that now the computers are showing you or the, the, which is weird, even though mathematics and science is now showing you that a good portion of our reality is in fact AI, is in fact a computer program or very similar to that, but they can't tell where it was made. So it wasn't, so, so that's where the theory of, well, it's aliens that have constructed this and we're batteries for them and we're in some goop somewhere like uh, Neo was and that it's a prison and that plays into the narrative of a prison. So it must be right. And here they go borrowing from another ideology again, just like Sitchin did in 48, borrowing from one religion and another religion, grasping for uh, some understanding trying to grab things from anywhere they can from everything and piece them together and force the, the round uh, uh, pegs into square holes and the square pegs into round holes. And never mind that they don't fit right. It fits what I'm trying to sell you to make money. Therefore, it's the new narrative. And we'll paint over it later, right? So when you're not looking, I'm going to chisel all the corners off and make that fit in the round one. Then I'm going to glue the pieces onto the round one and put it into the square one instead of trying to make it fit the right way. But you won't know it because I'm going to make it look pretty for you and make you and then convince you that what I'm telling you is real. That's what they do. That's what Sitchin did. That's what the ancient aliens did. That's what they're doing with your reality now. Literally what they're doing to you. That's why I'm literally talking about this instead of focusing just on cattle mutilation, because literally Raw is saying some portions of it that you see are not other animals eating this. However, it's not something in 3D. It's literally something that is in 3D, but it's out of phase with this free 3D. So it's not aliens flying down here. Okay, it's not aliens that are flying down here. It's some creature that, that exists side by side with us in a reality that is just slightly out of phase that we can't see. Okay. And that they use that to reproduce. So it's a it's a natural reproductive process that obviously it, they, they don't need it like every other day. So there's not like a seven and a half billion of them that need seven and a half billion horses to reproduce. We don't know what the reproductive, uh, I could postulate that maybe when they take one cow and they use that, they reproduce, uh, uh, you know, a million of their species. Maybe there's not that many in their existence. So maybe it, they only breed once every seven years. Maybe they only, you know what I mean? We don't know because we have no way of knowing. So I could speculate and postulate all day. None of that doesn't, it doesn't matter because it, it, once you find out, somebody actually meets one of them and films it. You're, then you're going to, that, and only then will we know the real reason behind it. So to even discuss it, it goes back to Aristotle when they, when they said if a tree falls in the woods and no human is there to witness it, does it make sound? And he said, I'm not even going to talk about that because if there's no human there, there is no forest, there is no tree, so there's nothing to talk about because there wouldn't be a sound because nothing is happening. And that's what the entire purpose of that discussion from Aristotle's point of view was. When I first heard that when I was a kid, I was like, Aristotle's an idiot. The hell does he mean that? The tree will exist whether the human's there or not. Because if there's a tree in the forest out here, it's there. Well, it's only there because we keep holding it there, not knowing that we're doing it. But when we're taught from generation to generation what a forest is that expands our consciousness to the belief when we see a tree outside, we're actually holding that and creating that 
uh, constantly. And we don't know that we're doing it, but we are. And collectively, every person who goes by that tree, like here, literally outside my window, I can look out right now, there's a tree out there. Every single person that lives in this apartment complex who, or whoever has lived in this apartment complex or whoever has come into and driven past that tree sees the tree and holds it there. And then subconsciously, it's in their memory for the rest of their existence. And that tree is being given energy to be. This is part of the reality that we're, we're supposed to be gleaning and understanding. And that's what's happening to us. So everything you've ever witnessed in your life, you're actually recreating every second, second by second, the cyclical nature of the universe, second by second by second squared or second by second by second to the third, tenth of the third power for all of your existence. And every single other person who has ever witnessed that thing is also holding it there in their memory for the rest of the life. Even if you don't bring the memory up, it's, it's happening in there because you're recording it. So all of us are keeping everything the way it is, whether we know it or not. And we, we're, you become aware of that. And then you become aware of, and this is what the purpose, and this is all going to go in my book, right? I haven't actually talked to all you guys about what I'm writing, but because the psychics keep bugging me <coughs> about, uh, you know, getting on it because of the other side keeps telling me I need to. I'm starting to actually roll that ideology out. Why? A couple of reasons. I'm manifesting it. I'm telling all you guys so that whether you know it or not, I'm actually manifesting it through you. I'm using this power of the humans by telling you so that you guys are actually, it's in your memory. So now it's reinforced by all of you out there on the entire planet who hear this and hear me say this or hear someone else tell you that I said this and it's going to spread and it's going to help me to manifest my book faster. So I'm actually using uh, the, the power of creation for the betterment of all by, by telling you guys this is what evil people do in the reverse to make you fall, follow them or give them money or become their slave in some way. Okay, But I'm using it to better the human race. And I'm literally telling you guys this for that purpose. Okay, So this is the ideology that's trying to be brought across why are they discussing because he asked don asked cattle mutilation but why is is raw telling don raw's trying to expand the consciousness of don and any of the readers into the ideal ideology of in this existence that you think is your reality is only one layer of what is going on even in this existence that you think is your reality. And that there is things in this reality that you can't perceive. And that doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means that you can't see them. If you close your eyes, you can't see the light. Unless it's shining right in your eyes. It doesn't mean that light doesn't exist. Because everybody else who sees the light is holding that light in place. So it's not, it, it, it is collectively... So it's not, and some people get this high and mighty idea that the whole entire universe is surrounded by me. And when I die, you're going to be gone. You're just a waste of time. <clears throat> Problem with that is when you die and we're still here, we can't go told you because you're no longer here. <laughs> right. So, but, the, the, you know, the, the band Iron Maiden wrote a song back in the 80s that, that I don't remember who wrote the song. One of the band members wrote the song because they believed that. 
that band member to this day believes when they die that everything, all of this reality will cease to exist because they're no longer there because they're really the entire, if that were the case, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. If that were the case and I thoroughly believe that I would, and that's what happens to those people who uh, start to believe that and they tell people I'm a God is because they believe they start believing they they get so involved in their ego that they believe I am the reason for all of this to be here. And all these people are just my peasant toys, my slaves. And some people who are in service to self act accordingly. They try to take total power and dominate the world. And if they don't, they go as high as they can go until somebody proves them wrong. And then they go, well, at least I got what I got. And then I got to figure out how I can get that motherfucker out of, out of jaw. And that's what they do. And they just assassinate each other and, and look at history. I mean, uh, who was it? It was literally just talking about, uh, oh, it was, it was, it was, uh, what's his name on the show last weekend, right? Literally, I can, let me pull that. I think I still have the banner. No, I think I got rid of it. But it was, literally, he was just talking about the, when he was talking about Egypt in his book, he was literally talking about the first female pharaoh. And he was telling the story about how they were all bumping each other off back then. Uh, and that's what happened to Tutankhamen. Tutankhamen was assassinated when they found his body. He was, he was killed by a uh, by a spike to the back of his brain, somebody hit him with a, a war hammer that had a spike on one end, and it and foomp, from behind somebody assassinated him, and that's what happened to his father and got him in charge, and then his mom was in charge while he was too young, and then the same thing happened, uh, you know, in, in, to uh, I don't remember her name and how to say her name, but it's in it's in his book. Uh, if, if you were on the show last night, last week, you, last Saturday, um, you would have saw that. And literally he was telling, and it sounds just like shit that goes on today. So nothing has changed in the psyche of the humans because it's not supposed to. Technology has changed and all of that. If you go back in history, I mean, look at, at, uh, at Hamlet. Hamlet was based on a true story of something that actually happened. And what was that about? That was about the, the brother of the king wanted to be the king. And so he secretly poured wormwood into the ear of his brother while he was sleeping in the garden. And he died because he poisoned him. Then he took over and married his wife. His son realized it crazily uh, thought by people because the dead specter of his father came to him one night and said, son, I was murdered. And everyone said, well, Hamlet's obviously insane and lost his fucking mind because they didn't believe in the, in the spirituality. And it was everything had to be 3D, so he must be crazy. And then he went about trying to prove without murdering his his uncle proved to the world that his uncle murdered his father and uh, and his uncle got wind of it. And then what did his uncle do? Poison what tried to poison him and murder him. And in, and then in doing so, he poisoned his his, uh, uh, you know, Hamlet's mom. And then Hamlet was was uh, struck by a poison sword, knew he was dying. So he killed his father and now everybody's dead. And meanwhile, what you don't know, because most of the time it's not told in reality, the kingdom was being invaded at the time because they knew that all this bullshit was going on. They probably orchestrated the entire thing and they were actually being uh, being overrun. And literally the kingdom was lost of Denmark because all of the heads of state died. Hamlet. Yeah, love that, that thing. All of the heads of state died. And so the Russians, I think it was the Russians. Don't get me wrong. It might have been the Hessians at the time or the Germans. They took over Denmark. Because they knew what was going on and they, and they invaded. They utilized that moment of weakness. And when they got there, they surrendered. The, the entire nation was surrendered to them because all the king and the, and the queen and the prince 
were all dead. <laughs> there was nobody in the family left to rule or fight, and everybody just surrendered. And Denmark lost uh, the the country uh, until later they took it back. The people revolted and eventually overthrew uh, that guy's son, I believe it was, and took back Denmark. But <laughs> crazy. Okay, so that hasn't changed. The only reason that shit doesn't go on today, I mean, look, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And, they, and, and, and look at it from a, a standpoint of, of it being objective. Why would the federal government put a, a moratorium on his investigation for 100 years? The only reason you would do that is because you're hiding something. There's no reason for that. Well, we just don't want all the crazy speculation because you guys are just crazy and you're coming up with all kinds of crazy shit. Well, don't you guys want to actually solve it? We solved it. And to prove it, we can't, we're not letting you look into it. January 6th commission is the same way. January 6th commission, they immediately said, we know what happened. We're going to tell you what happened, but you can't see any of the videos and nobody can investigate it for 80 years. That's the truth. You can look that up. Okay. Anybody who's awake, anybody who's an adult realizes right then there, we're not going to release any videos to you people and you people can't investigate it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go by what we tell you. And they hired a guy whose job was to get ratings on television, to put together a television show to, to show you what they wanted you to know. This is all true. You can look it up. I'm not stating anything that's not real. So they hired a guy whose job was to get ratings on television and put together television shows. And they hired him to put together the entire, you know, 150,000 hours of television air that they used to tell us what was going on and never showed us anything more than an hour out of the uh, over 100,000 hours of videotape. And wouldn't let us look into exactly who was embedded from the federal government in these all of these groups, including these Proud Boys that they just convicted, who are still claiming that uh, that uh, they were actually uh, railroaded by the federal government. And they're probably going to take it to the Supreme Court. So all of this, right, all of this, it was uh, as a moratorium. Again, we're telling you what happened. Shut up and believe us, and you can't figure it out, and you can't watch any of the tapes yourself, and you can't do any investigation. And I'm supposed to just go, oh, okay, so you guys are, you must know. You must know. You're in charge. Okay, same thing when they said, you will get the shot. Shut up. Don't look into it. You can't investigate this. You can't talk about this. Just get it. And now that all that's over and people are looking back at it, I just literally got a video from somebody that showed that coroners all around the United States, at least, and they're saying worldwide, when they're doing autopsies on people are finding these these crazy blood clots that are that are like some sort of worm that's a parasite in people's bodies. And it appears that that's only happening to you guessed it, people who got the shots. And they never saw it before. Okay, and I just got that that video yesterday. I don't remember who sent it. It might have been Peter. <laughs> I don't remember who sent it. People send me shit, and I get so much stuff that I look at, I literally forget who sends me stuff. I have to go, when I look at it, I have to look at who sent it, uh, if I'm going to talk about it. Okay, I get a lot of stuff that I never talk about on air. Okay, right, Cassie. She says, nanotechnology. Hmm, I don't want to go there too much with the algorithms. 
Okay. But yes, we'll have to talk on an encrypted channel uh, in the next day or two. Okay. Sunday, my sister's coming up. Uh, she's supposed to be coming up and spending the day. And we're going to go and take my mom and get her haircut. My mom's sleeping over there. Mother, wake up. Daytime. Sleeping is for nighttime. You know, it's funny. Poor girl. I apologize for yelling into the mic. Poor girl. She was falling asleep over there. And I didn't notice it. I don't know how long she's been asleep. But I have to keep her awake. Otherwise, because she has Alzheimer's, she'll change her days for nights. Hi. <laughs> I'm waving at her. If I'm sitting over on her left and I yell, she looks to the right. And now I'm sitting on her right in the other room and I yell and she looked to the left. That's hilarious. She looks the opposite. I know she has problems with her ears. But, but uh, yeah, I know, Denise, you had no choice. Uh, if some of you didn't, and it scares you when I say this stuff. But if you're still alive right now, you're going to be fine. And then if you, uh, you know, if your DNA is is the DNA that it's affecting, uh, it's going to change your DNA. It's not, it can be done now. Um, you, you, you know, uh, you always have a choice. You, you say I didn't have a choice, um, but you had a choice, right? No offense. Uh, my brother said the same thing. And I was like, well, you could have left that job and got another job. And he was like, well, I wasn't going to do that. I'm like, okay, so you made the choice to do it, right? So, But if you're still alive and it didn't kill you and you don't have any problems happening to you now, you're doing okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, my brother uh, all of a sudden had an enlarged heart. He's he's saying, you know, and the doctors are saying, well, you probably have that already. It had nothing to do with the shot, but it didn't affect him. Uh, and he had, you know, uh, I think he had AFib or VFib, one of the two, one, because VFib's, you know, deadly. And, uh, and all that started right after that but i can't tell him that because when i say it he looks at me like i'm an alien do you see oh i see what you're saying you had no choice because they wouldn't when you had to have the surgery to save your life okay well if it didn't kill you and the surgery didn't kill you and you're still alive you're doing okay don't worry about it <laughs> you, seriously I mean, i'm not trying to scare you i'm trying to try to tell you that if, if when they gave you the shot if you didn't die and the operation was a success you're fine don't worry about it because you're okay. You're, you had it, the shot, but you're still here. If you end up with complications as and life goes on, I might, I mean, they're telling me that maybe some of the air I'm breathing in the area that I'm living in is going to cause me cancer or the water. I don't know this. I could get cancer in five years and it could be because of something I did today. I could end up with cancer because of, uh, you know, I was rained on uh, when I was 17 years old. My father and I were riding motorcycles here in California and it was right after Chernobyl. And um, I was actually rained on by a rain cloud that came from Chernobyl. So I was rained on by radiation. At the exact same time on the same day, I then uh, was uh, uh, went and was driving uh, in an area where they stopped us. The police stopped us on this road and they were flying over because we had the fruit fly here in, in California and they were trying to kill it. And they accidentally sprayed us when they flew over us with malathion. So on the same day, in a twenty, in a less than four hours, I was rained on by a nuclear cloud that came from Russia after Chernobyl melted down with radiation, and then had literally got uh, uh, rained on from a plane who flew over, dropping malathion, and it landed all over my head, face, and arms, and it was sticky and sticking to my skin, and I couldn't get it off. So it absorbed into my skin and my father's skin. So I mean, right? <laughs> I love you too, Denise. She said, no offense taken. I love you. Uh, so, I mean, the truth is, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And then I smoked for 20 years, right? So I don't know what's going to happen to me. I could have cancer and not know it. I could die from that. We're all going to die. It's just a matter of when and where. So to be worried about that scares the piss out of you. You do what you want and do what you need to do to try and survive. But when your time comes, 
you know, but then that's a military term, you know, when your time comes, the golden BB is what they call it here in America. And that means that it doesn't matter how fast you run. And this goes back to the Vikings. And uh, Herger said that to, to Ahmed uh, during the whole thing with, with the trials with uh, Beowulf. Um, literally, the concept of the Vikings were your skein is tied. The, the All Father wove the weave of your life long ago. And it doesn't matter how fast you run or what hole you hide in when it's your time, you're going to die. And there's nothing you can do about it. So the Vikings lived that way. They lived every day as if it was their last day because they believed they were going to die at some point and it was out of their control. I don't believe in that. I believe that we have uh, control of our lives, but there are things that affect us that we don't have control over. Right. So there are variables like right now we're eating food and drinking water that likely has microparticles of plastic in it because of how much waste we've done in the last 75 years with plastics around this planet. We're just realizing that we don't know what it's going to do, because when it gets into your body, the microplastic actually uh, adheres to your DNA and changes your DNA. They were unaware that plastic did that until recently. Uh, so they're trying to phase out as much plastic as they can, but they're not because it's the biggest industry on the planet right now, besides fossil fuels, is plastic and everything created by that and made with it. So they continue to make it, even though they know that, that it breaks down to microfibers and microplastics that get into our food supply and actually alter our DNA. So we as a society on in, in that respect right there are destroying ourselves. We don't know. It could or it could not. So we really don't know what's going to happen in the future. Literally, it might change our DNA. We might grow a third eye in our butthole. We might be looking every time we wipe our ass, we might have to wink. I mean, we, you don't know, right? We don't know. And that's the thing. So to worry about that, if you started worrying about all of that, it would scare the piss out of you and you would never do anything. And you'd lay on the floor and suck on a Cheerio for sustenance and you wouldn't move and you wouldn't listen and you wouldn't think and you wouldn't watch television because you'd scare yourself to death. Getting into that mindset is where they want you because then they'll say, I am your leader and I'll tell you what you need to know. And then you're stuck with them. And then they'll just go back to having I mean, you go back to sleep and do what they tell you. So you can't, you just have to look at things and say, we need to make a few changes here before we do actually find out that we're now growing a hand out of our left ear or something. Uh, and that uh, humans are now going to have horns or whatever you can imagine. Right. And if everybody imagines it, we'll have it. <laughs> so that's why they're also trying to go, no, 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 never mind that now. That's not going to happen because if everybody on the planet decided that we had an eyeball on our butt, we would grow an eyeball on our butt because we create this place. And that's the part that you need to realize. And that's what he was literally saying with responsibility. Right. With knowledge comes responsibility. That was literally the last question that he was answering <laughs> with, with and it becomes an honor to have that responsibility. But the responsibility is your honor. That's what he was saying. And I didn't stop it there and tell you that. Uh, but I knew I would get to that. And that's why I'm going back to that. Now we'll come back and I'll play a little bit more. Bo's back. Hi. <laughs> He's hi guys. You must have he must have uh, gotten booted out for a minute or went somewhere else. And now he came back. All right, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and play some more of this. So let's continue here. Point four four questioner, where do these thought forms come from? Ra, I am Ra. This is a very ambiguous question. However, we will attempt to answer. Firstly, they come from the creator. Secondly, they come from what you may call lower astral and plane thought. Thirdly, say okay, so they exist in a in a lower plane in a thought form, in a thought plane that is just outside of this physical realm. Okay, let's continue. In construct visualization complex, they reside in part beneath the crust of your planet. 16.45. All right, so they actually live underground beneath the crust. 
So they live underground, they come up, and then they take the parts they need for reproductive uh, reasons, and then they go back down there and reproduce. So they live in the earth, but they're a thought construct. They're not actually a, a physical form. Questioner, are these one form in particular? Ra, I am Ra. These entities may take any thought form associated with an emotion of fear or terror. 16.46. See, so you have to realize they can take any thought form that has to do with the emotion of fear and terror. So they can manifest in your mind as something that scares you. And that's a lot of what is the boogeyman. That is a lot of, of what people see. And they go, oh, and then I saw this thing and it, it scared me. And then people go to look for it. And it's not there. Bigfoot, some of them. Some of the things that people uh, see, apparitions that they see, some of the things that people call demons um, are actually people, you know, entities that are, that is their defense mechanism, or they're also already starting to orient themselves in evil or in service to self and service to others forms. Do you see? see this entire scenario, Raw is trying to use and utilize to expand the consciousness of Dawn, but Dawn is still trying to focus on the 3D. That's why his question was, do they take on a certain form? He's still trying to say alien, uh, a 3D. He never really truly expands his consciousness and opens up into, um, into a really large expansion of his consciousness. He never really does. Uh, and I noticed that about him, and that's what bothered me about Dawn, was he's very, very intelligent, um, but he was very poignant. But at the time he was doing this, maybe it was necessary. So I don't know him personally. I would have to talk to the people who met him that know him. He may have been uh, more advanced, but he couldn't tell the world that then. I wouldn't be able to tell you this. A lot of the stuff that I said back then in the 80s when I was in my teens and uh, you know, uh, you know, I would have been 20 in, in 87. So but in 1981, I mean, literally, that was, you know, that was uh, six years earlier. Right. So I was 14 years old. And the things that I was saying then about our energy as a collective and how we perceive each other, I still say to this today and people are only getting it now. And I've been saying it since I was 12 and 13 years old. When you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you flip them off and start screaming and yelling at them, you don't know. What's going on in that person's head? They may not have even saw you. They may have had a bad day. They may they didn't make they don't think they they centered you. And people just assume they looked at me and said, I'm gonna cut you off. Fuck you. You're in my way. Get out of my way. There might be that. You have that as a possibility, but there also a possibility they didn't even know you were there, didn't care that you were there. They didn't center you out. You're not the center of the entire universe. They didn't look at you and decide that. But they were pissed off because maybe somebody cut them off. So you don't know. You can come up with 100 million scenarios. And one of which is they looked at you and went, fuck you, I'm taking the spot. Right? And then if you saw them and they looked at you and said, fuck you, and I'm taking this spot, then you know. But if you didn't, then they just did that. And then you honk at them and flip them off. And they flip you off. And you go, that guy flipped me off. Well, you honked at him and yelled at him and flipped him off. So you're creating this scenario. And, and if you know anything about psychology, you realize that that if you do that to somebody, they're going to respond in kind. And if they do it to you, you respond in kind. So if somebody cuts you off and then you honk your horn at them, that's an aggressive attitude. And they're either going to go, hey, sorry, and wave. And then you're going to usually, if you're if you're in service to self, you're going to go, no, hey, fuck you. Now you're mad at them because they apologize to you. So now you're either way, you were already planning to be mad at them. You've made that decision. 
And then if not, you're going to honk. If, if you wouldn't honk at them. You're just going to look at them and go, okay. And I tell people, if you're not in service to self, you're not going to honk at them and yell at them and scream at them in, in public uh, because you, there's no reason for you to do that if you're not. And they cut you off. All you have to do is watch because they're going to run into someone who is exactly like them while you're watching them because they're doing that and aggressive people merge to one another because someone who's just like them is going to be cutting through traffic as well, trying to get around everybody and cutting people off. And what's going to happen is if you watch them, it's going to take less than a minute and someone is going to do to them what they just did to you. And they're going to be pissed off. And usually what happens is that's why people put cameras on their cars is because if you don't honk at them and get their attention, so they don't take it out on you and try to crash you off the road, They'll come into somebody who's just like them and they'll start shooting at each other or they'll start chasing each other and then they crash in and crash each other off the road and you can just drive by. I've done it many times. And I tell people, have that patience, be in service to the all and don't yell and scream at other people because they're driving like shit because they may or may not be doing it on purpose. And, and, uh, but if you respond with anger, they're going to immediately respond with anger. And if they are doing it on purpose, they're going to get even more angry. And then if they think they can take it out on you, they will which means they're going to shoot at you, run you off the road, do whatever they can do, or even call the cops and report that you're doing something wrong. So the cops come chase you and pull you over and they laugh and drive away. Okay. So that's your decision that you have to make. You do need to fight that war. I have to, or you can watch because what's going to happen to them is exactly what they did to you. And it's, and, and that's karma. It's going to happen because of who they are and what they're doing, it will force them to bottleneck into someone who is identical to them. And it doesn't take long for that to happen. Okay. And chances are when that happened to you, you were doing it to somebody else and you got pissed off because somebody did it to you. So if you think back and you realize that you were driving erratically, the reason you ran into that person is because you were driving just like that. And you found them because they drive just like that. You attract that, that's that sort of, Ideology, people who are evil attract evil. People who are aggressive attract aggressive people. Okay, so that's the law of attraction. And if you don't know that, you need to learn that. I'm going to cover that in my book as well. I'm going to cover all those uh, laws as well. Okay, so if you get cut off by somebody and you didn't do anything and you know that, then there's no reason to get mad. Just go, oh, yeah, okay, you told me, pal. And watch because it's going to happen to them. Okay. I literally was driving one time and I laughed about this and my boss was with me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, watch, we were driving and there was, we came around a corner and we went to check and it was during the winter and it was flooding. And, uh, and uh, I was going around and, and uh, helping the city to uh, clean the, the, the gutters. And my wife and I, or my wife, sorry, she wasn't my wife. She was my, she was my job wife. She heard me right now. She'd go, Leo, what do you say? She was my job wife. Uh, and, and so, because we were, we worked together for like 10 years. So at work, you know, I have people tell you, you know, you have that, you have that job wife. So she was my job wife. She was my boss, but we were like a, a married couple at work. And that's just the way our dynamic was. Uh, we weren't married. We never had sex. We never did anything like that, but our dynamic was very much like that. You get to know people and it's just that way. Even if you're a man or a, with a man or a woman with a woman, you end up marrying that person. You see them more than you do your own family, your own husband and wife. And so I, that was a faux pas of mine right then, right? A little Freudian slip there. So so her and I decided to go outside of 
our our job zone because the it was affecting us because the water if it flooded down the street was going to flood our uh, uh, job site, our our office and our uh, property. So we went down to see it, and I and I drove through the puddle because uh, it was flooding. But you had to drive in the center of the road because if you didn't, you'd stall out. And so we went around the corner and then came back. And as we were coming back, I was driving down the center of the road. This woman coming the other way was was unaware of the flood and oblivious to the idea that it could be flooding because it's pouring down rain and flooding everywhere. And she sees me in the middle of the road and she, and she gets pissed off at me and she's honking her horn and she rolls her window down, hangs out the window, flips me off and starts cussing at me. The fuck out of the road, you fucking idiot. What the fuck is your problem? And I look at her and I wave. I go, hi, how you doing? And my boss goes, what the fuck is that chick's problem? And I go, watch this shit. And I pull off the out of the center of the road and she's flipping me off and she's watching me. And she's flipping me off and looking at me while she's driving straight ahead. And she drove right into the fucking flood and her car stalled out right where she was and fucking died. And I stopped and we looked back and I turned and looked at my boss. And at the same time, we both went, (laughs) and I drove away and didn't call to get a rescue for her. Didn't help her. Didn't pull her out, left her ass there. And we drove away. Never saw that woman again, but I'll guarantee you, that car flooded out and she had to, then she had to sit there and, or climb out of the flooded car up to her, her knees in water and then call for, to get somebody out. And I'm sure she went, and this guy made me do it. And they're like, okay, so what happened if she called the police? What happened? Well, I was driving along. This guy was in the middle of the road. The cops like where you should have been to stay out of the flood. And I got mad at him and I, and he, and he made me swerve. Where did you swerve? To the lane I'm in. Well, madam, you're not like in the gutter over here, right? Yes, karma. Karma, both to Denise and Cassie. Cassie said, karma can be a bitch. Laugh out loud, Cassie said, karma. Absolutely. And and my buddy Paul, by the way, uh, Cassie, who who died, uh, my best friend, he actually... Uh, he, on Facebook, you can look him up. He has it was actually his his persona on Facebook. His name was Karma Nose, <laughs> and that's who we went by. He was Karma Nose uh, on Facebook and Messenger. Uh, he never had his name. He was uh, very off the grid. Uh, so he literally came in, and his name was Karma Nose. And Facebook never kicked him off uh, because that was uh, he didn't have ID to prove that. But they, you know, it was that was the name that I go by, and uh, he so he literally did that. So. So Bo, I got Bo says I got hit in the face by an old friend a couple of weeks ago. Now I haven't done anything because I know karma will fuck him up. Yeah, it will. Right. I mean, that's the that was what Jesus was teaching when he said turn the other cheek. He wasn't saying literally stand there and let somebody beat your ass. He was saying don't take revenge for something that someone does because and you know and he wasn't he didn't explain it and they don't explain it to you, but because of karma and the way that it works and the law of attraction, that person who is that way is going to draw another person just like them to them. And if you wait long enough, that person's going to end up, uh, you know, perfect example of that. I just told, I think it was Cassie. I told this story to uh, a buddy of mine uh, back when I was younger, uh, this guy had ripped him off and owed him a bunch of money. And um, I was a different person then. Um, than I am now. And um, we ran into the guy at a mall. And I said to my buddy, we need to thump him over his fucking head right now, put him in the trunk of the car and take him somewhere and make him pay you. 
And my buddy said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Come on, bro. That's kidnapping. I was like, you're not going to get your money otherwise. And he's like, oh, no, he's afraid of me. So he told the guy, he confronted him. And the guy was, look, bro, I got your money. I swear to God, I'll pay it. If you come by my house, uh, you know, in, in a couple of hours, I'll have the money there for you uh, and, and I'll give it to you. And he was like, okay, man, but I'm telling you, I'm going to kick your butt next time if you don't uh, give me the money. And I was like, you're an idiot, bro. Thumper, we got him now. Grab his ass and we'll take him and and freaking get the money, make him pay you or or hold him for ransom and have his girlfriend go and get the money out of the bank. Whatever we need to do. It was gangster shit I was ready to do. Okay. And, uh, and, and he said no. So then I said, okay, it's a trap. Okay. He's going to call all a bunch of thugs and his friends and you're going to show up and you're going to get beat to a pulp or killed. So I can't let you go there by yourself. So I called some of my boys and said, we're walking into a trap. Okay. And he's determined. He believes the guy's going to be there with his money, but I'm sure that if we go there, it's going to be a bunch of big motherfuckers ready to kick our asses. Okay. So, right. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was working for the IRA back then. So I was a, a little bit different uh, ideology being being a spy for the Irish Republican government at the time. Uh, I was I had a different mindset as to how you deal with humans. OK, and um, sometimes I fall back on that. And that's why I got to try not to. So I uh, called some of my boys and we went there and we were literally knowing it's a trap. We're going to go in there and we're going to end up somebody's probably going to get hurt or if not killed. OK. So we go there and I said, the only other option is we're going to go there and it's going to be empty. I'm assuming it's not going to be. We got there and it was empty. So he gave him an address that he knew was an empty uh, apartment. And we showed up there and the guy was, was not there. Okay. So I said, he's gone. You're not going to get your money. Right. And he was like, well, you know, he's got to deal with the karma. And I was like, no, you're right. Karma will get him. It was less than six months later. The guy left the state, went to another state. We find out, vetted, because we went to his grave, that the guy was swimming in a lake and somebody ran him over with a boat. We don't know the details of whether they did it on purpose or if he was drunk and on drugs and fell overboard or we don't know. But his family said he was uh, swimming and he was in this lake and somebody ran him over with a boat and the prop chewed him up and killed him and he was dead but they verified that it was his body. So they brought him back and buried him. And we went there and saw his grave and gave him a good Irish. Thank you, Peter, for still being here. Gave him a good Irish send off. We got some Guinness. We sat down and we drank. And then we pissed all over his grave, uh, uh, as much piss as we could piss, left all the Guinness uh, bottles and cans all over his grave and gave him a good send off, pissing on his dead body. And then we left. <laughs> gave him a good Irish wake. <laughs> right. But he never got his money. But karma, he attracted that. Right. And Obo says, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. So but he attracted that, bro. So if you wait on a long enough timeline, you'll see that those people who stay consistently that way, that's what the whole purpose of live by the sword, die by the sword, by the way. Okay. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. If you continue living and fighting that life, eventually you're going to find someone who's better than you or more cunning than you, and you will get killed. That's, I mean, look at Achilles. Achilles was the perfect warrior. I believe that Paris, we talked about this. I believe Paris poisoned him. Uh, and, I, and I believe Paris shot him with more than one arrow. And the one that they still had is just like they depicted in the movie that he pulled out the other ones that were in his chest. But I believe it was a poison arrow that killed him. 
And so everybody believed that, you know, the only part of his body that was, that's why we have, we call it the Achilles tendon today or the Achilles heel today is because Achilles, when they found his dead body, had an arrow through the back of his foot, literally. And so that was the Achilles heel. The tendon that is there is called the Achilles tendon because of Troy and the Battle of Troy. So when people say that Troy didn't exist and the Battle of Troy didn't exist, I always trump that with, if that's the case, then why do we call this the one spot that he had an arrow through his body to this day, the Achilles tendon and the Achilles heel? Because somebody wrote a story and then that got changed. It was called something else before that. And nobody remembers what it was called because everything's based on Greek words translated into Latin. So the Greeks, so that story had to have been written when people were still Greek because they adopted that as the Achilles heel. And they called that tendon Achilles tendon. So that means the story of Troy was not written thousands of years after the Greek empire. It was written when the language of the earth was Greek, when they controlled the world. Okay. And they didn't control the world for like 10,000 years. So the story was a legend that was made up 10,000 years after his death. The Greeks only controlled the earth for a short period of time, like the Romans only did for about 800 years. Oh, well, that's plenty of time to make up stuff. All right. Yeah. If you want to go down that road, you can. But my point here is that nobody changed it back. So why is it that the Latin, when they had the Latin language, the Romans, why didn't they go, well, we're not going to call it that because that was fake story. We're going to call it something else. And why haven't they changed it since then? If everybody believes that Troy never happened and that Achilles never existed, then why is it that the medicine in the world hasn't said, we need to change the name of that because that didn't exist. And they're leaving it still called the Achilles tendon to this day. Think about that. If that story was absolutely manufactured, how come they haven't said, you know what, there is no Achilles, that the Achilles heel thing is bunk, and we're just going to change it to this new designation, and we're going to change all the history books. Oh, well, no, that would cost a lot of money. And now that you fall back on whether you believe the earth is flat or not, because you believe that they don't want to change all the history books from being round to flat because it'll cost them money to do so. Right. And that's so you have to believe that they don't want to change the history books either when it comes to this because it'll cost them money. But yet they do that all the time. <laughs> they did that with the history books for the T-Rex head that they thought was the T-Rex head until 2016. And then they went, "Uh oh, we found out by DNA that this is the wrong head and we have to change all the history books. And they did. So that was something trivial and they spent the money on it. But you're telling me that that changing all the history books to tell you that the earth is actually flat would cost them more money than changing all the history books to tell you that the T-Rex head is different? That's the same history books, just a different page in that same book that says the earth is round. Is It could be changed from round to flat. One word gets changed, but they had to reprint the entire book and take all those books out of service because that one word head was, it was a different head. And they did that. But you're saying they're afraid to do that with the world being round or flat or uh, Achilles heel because it was made up. Do you, do you see how asinine that sounds? How childlike that logic is? 
right? Well, that's a different kind of money that it would cost to show the world because there's all, no, it's the same. All the history books, all of the things, all the T-Rexes and all of the freaking uh, uh, museums around the entire planet had to change and they did. All that money, they had to go up and repair, take the head off of that dinosaur and get the right head and put it on the new dinosaur. And then they had to give, change all of the magazines, all of the books, all of the history books, all of everything and everywhere on the entire earth. And they did it because they found out that this is proven to be different. Okay. So that argument is not a sound argument. Only children believe that. Okay. And that's what you have to realize. You have to see that. That's my point of all of this going off of, off of what is being said here. The same thing with the, this, the, uh, you know, cattle mutilation, they would rather invent an idea that's, that's, you know, that one's cheaper, but they can make money off of it. This is my point. If I say that cattle mutilation is UFOs, I can write books and go on tour and get paid a fuck ton of money for something that I made up that might be plausible that other people go, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, bro. And then they'll cash in on it too. And that's the only reason why they're pushing that narrative because they can make money off of it. Do you see? And that is the same narrative that everybody's pushing with the Anunnaki and that whole ideology and the slavery because it creates fear and everyone realizes, I know this, and if you were awake enough, you would too. Most humans, and I've said this many, many times, 99% of all humans focus more on negative than they do positive because it saves your life. Paranoia saves your life. Okay. And here's the example. The caveman did not come out of the cave. And the first thing he did when he came out of the cave and went, that is a beautiful sunrise. Look at how that water is glistening with the sunrise coming off of that water. And smell the smell of that beautiful lake in the morning and the flowers. And there's bees over here. That's not how the caveman survived. The caveman came out of the cave with a fucking spear in his hand and he was smelling the air to smell any kind of animal and he was listening for any kind of uh, predator, whether it's human or animal or otherwise, and he was looking around what's in the fucking bushes over there. I haven't been here since dark and I need to see what's going on. Is there something that's going to eat my family? Oh, and by the way, we're hungry too, so is there something I can fucking kill so we can cut it up and cook it and eat it? Or am I going to have to go and get some fish out of that water over there with, oh, by the way, that's a pretty sunrise. What the fuck is that? A woolly mammoth over there? Is that a saber tooth coming over here? All the negative is necessary to see first. And, oh, by the way, I'm not dead yet. There's nothing trying to kill me. So that's kind of a cool uh, sunrise. But that's not the first thing, nor was it the most popular thing, nor was it the number you know, what was that number of the sunrise on the list of shit that I just went down? It was somewhere around 30 below the top. Do you see? So it's the same when you're when you're watching things. You don't want to tune in for them to say, oh, by the way, we found out that the earth is in fact flat. And because of that, you're not going to listen very much longer. Oh, OK, it was flat. and You got to change everything. Click next channel. But if you find that channel where they literally say, we discovered that aliens mapped out the world. You're going to wait a minute. What? What? Aliens? That's a threat. Hold on. Are there aliens? You mean there? Do you mean to tell me this is what goes on in your brain? You mean to tell me there might be some fucking alien race that might be out there right now that might come here and wipe us out or want to eat us or fuck our women? 
use us for food or slavery. Wait a minute, I got to listen to this. That becomes very important to you. And they, we know that. I know that. Skinwalker Ranch, right? I love that show. I actually helped them. I didn't get any credit for it, but I actually helped them uh, in, in their investigation and actually told them that I didn't want to have any uh, credit for it. They didn't give me any credit for it. Um, but I actually helped them with, with uh, part of their show. Um, and, and I have no proof of it because I, it's like they gave me a letter to tell me that or gave me any credit. So, But nobody knew anything about it until I told them and showed them a picture of it and emailed it to them. And then they put it into the very first episode of the next season uh, when they came and they discussed that entire thing and they still refer to it today. So but Peter says, in Skinwalker Ranch, except uh, many rockets and they still can't figure out the uh, that the rockets can't get past, yeah, past a certain point. Uh, and the black hole in the firmament, well, it's not the firmament, but it's not the, the it's the reference. The firmament that you're using is the Greek word that actually was something other than what the earth is flat and protected by and you can't get past. And they use that word and usurp that word. Again, it's the translation problem. Uh, whole of the firmament, the firmament, this would uh, make you think, sorry, I had to go and start it, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, it, but it is it is a wormhole. It's a it's a, a colloidal field. They haven't gotten to that yet. A toroidal field, not a colloidal field, but it is a colloidal field because it is collapse collapsing into the center. It's a toroidal field that has uh, that is uh, created there, probably because of the canyon structure and, and stuff that's there. I know you know that, bro, and that's what you were saying. I know you know that. Uh, and, and so I, I wanted people to realize that when Peter was saying that, he actually understood what he was saying. And when I said that and explained it, he didn't, but he knew that. And that's why he put it there. Um, Peter knows more about that shit than I do. <laughs> right. But that's why I said the word he's using there isn't the word you guys think, uh, meaning the, what the definition of the firmament is that is protecting uh, the uh, the world from, uh, from that. And uh, that's why I wasn't sure about what Elon Musk said. And that's why I said I wanted to talk about that later and, and vet that. Because if he's referring to the word firmament that, uh, from the Greek and what they meant, uh, from that, uh, then, uh, then, uh, yes, because then what he's referring to is what you're referring to, Peter, and that is literally the quarantine energy that is encompassing the earth, and um, that he is is talking about the gates, and I think that's what he might have been talking about. That's why I said we need to talk about this after the show uh, of of the um, galactic councils. Uh, and that's why I said, I don't think he's that quite awake to know that. And that was me. And I'm sure you caught that, Peter, referencing that and talking cryptically back to you. Um, and we can talk about that more uh, on an encrypted channel uh, afterwards, <laughs> either today or tomorrow on an encrypted channel. I don't want to go any further here. And I know that's why you're being cryptic now, bro. I love you, brother, for that. <laughs> right. Um, it, you, right, Cassie. Right. So. But yeah, no, I got what you were saying. I wasn't trying to say you weren't. I was trying to explain to them what you meant uh, in in that without being too obvious. And 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 because we're encrypted or not encrypted currently, I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay, um, we can talk uh, uh, in the in the chat later. So, um, so my point here is that uh, in what's going on there, if you guys watch that show. Um, they don't know. And if they do, they haven't really gotten onto it yet. I just watched the episode the other day um, where they were investigating that and firing the rockets off and they were up in the helicopter and they were tracking it with drones. Uh, and I realized then before that I didn't uh, and I knew I was getting onto the, what it was. 
but I still needed some more data. And they performed all that with, uh, if you've watched the last uh, season and now these uh, episodes from this season currently, it's all about that the uh, those two areas, the triangle and the other area east of that. Um, and I thought that was what was going on then. Vortex, uh, Stargate, uh, from what the natives were saying, is far more correct and accurate than anything that and, and that they know now. Uh, and I think they do know because the government was investigating it, and that's how they got on to what's his name, the the guy, the blonde haired guy who ended up working for the government uh, investigating UFOs, and he was named in that, and so he's now he's talking about it, and he goes on tour with them. I, I would love to talk to him about that uh, in person or online, um, but you know, without infringing on his um, in, on his uh, non disclosure agreement. Uh, uh, but I think he knows more about. It, that it is a toroidal field, and we'll see if they, in upcoming episodes, uh, start to uh, get onto that track. Uh, they may not use that term, but that's what's going on. That's what uh, vortex is. Um, that's so. The closest thing I can describe that to you, physics uh, personnel out there, is the Einstein-Rosen bridge. But that doesn't really, uh, or black hole, like uh, Pete was saying just a second ago. Uh, black hole of firmament. And that's where I didn't read that. So let me put it up on the screen and reread what Peter said here. And that's why you'll see that I know what he was talking about. And he, because he didn't say toroidal field because he knew if he said that, no one would really understand what that is. So I'll put it back up on the screen. I'm going to read it to you in the Skinwalker Ranch show, except uh, the many rockets, they're firing rockets and, and they just did drones as well up into the air where they have detected something going on at the 300 uh, foot mark and uh, above three, four, five, up to 800 feet. There's some uh, something going on. They actually tracked it uh, and was able to map it um, and digitize it in the computer, showing that there is a structure that's there that's not quite inside of reality. Uh, and when they get up there in the helicopter and the helicopter's instruments uh, go haywire and they also get shifted around. There's uh, gravity doesn't work the right way and wind is swirling in that area when it shouldn't be. And the only way that that happens, the only reason that is exactly what Peter was saying. So let me finish reading what he was saying. So they're firing rockets and they still can't figure out that the rockets can't get past the um, the black hole of firmament. Uh, and and this would make make you think. And then he said, sorry, I had to go there. Right. I know it's OK that you did, bro. Um, because it, uh, because we I had already referred to it before, so you were just going further from that. So uh, literally, what Peter's referring to is that they they are what's happening there is they can't see it, but they're starting to detect it uh, now, and they haven't said it. And I know with my background uh, and knowledge of what's going on uh, that it is a toroidal field, uh, and they haven't gotten onto that. We'll see what happens uh, in the next uh, coming episodes if they. Because they're starting to move towards that, I can see it. Uh, because I know when I, when listening to what the natives said uh, about the vortexes and uh, the data that was already coming in, and then knowing that there was something up in the air and what was happening to them, and it uh, changes their GPS. They they literally were tracking uh, the drones, and the drones they literally had GPS trackers on the drone sending live data. And every time they've done that with GPS that they tossed out of a helicopter, the GPS from their helicopter, the GPS from anything they've brought into that area above the ground, uh, when they track the, the GPS signal and where that machine or device says that it is in reference to a global uh, reference linked up even to a satellite, 
and all of the world coordinates that aircraft use, uh, GPS coordinates that aircraft use to know whether they're above the ground or, or where, and even your cell phone to tell you where you are on that, on that, uh, above that ranch in those exact two places only so far that they've detected on their land, um, that they've already detected all kinds of anomalies. Uh, and uh, when they have, and then they digitize and they put on a computer and they sell the computer to literally show where this device was, GPS locator, they literally find out that all of a sudden about half of the signal says, the GPS actually says, the data says that craft, whether it was a, a drone, a helicopter, or a device that they had on a balloon, a device they had on a rocket, a device they had on a parachute, a device they literally just tossed out of the, of the helicopter, all of those have the, the reoccurring effect that that GPS device literally says half of the time they were exactly the same distance below ground that they are above ground. So literally what happens there is there's a vortex that opens up, a toroidal field that opens up that GPS literally says, I am above the earth 300 feet and I am below the earth 300 feet at the exact same second by second by second. Okay. That the GPS, all devices that tell you where you are located on this earth, even linked up to a satellite from the military grade to every grade, Literally, one second you're above the ground, the next second you're, the device says you're in the ground and exactly the same distance. And I noticed uh, when I was seeing that, when they showed that, that it, the only way that could happen is that it's a toroidal field and the particles are literally three, six and nine moving and it's a vortex, it's the spiral. And what's happening is that all of reality is shifting at that point and um, physical 3D reality is being affected by it, but your body doesn't actually move that they can tell. Uh, the, the molecules of your body that they've seen or that we can see could possibly and probably are interacting and becoming uh, everything all at once. They don't know it because it, it is then shifting and phasing back out into this reality. And when they move away from it, they then materialize. And this is what Peter's referencing. <laughs> and he said, that's why he said, I'm sorry I had to go. I had to put that out there. He said, I'm sorry that I went there uh, and started that because he knew that I was going to go here with what I was doing. And that's why Cassie said, don't be, don't be sorry. It's the truth because uh, it is. So they haven't gotten on to that yet. And I don't know that they have the understanding to further go on to that. However, the doctor, uh, whatever his name is, Brandon, whatever his name is, um, he, uh, uh, Taylor, uh, he, uh, because he worked for the government, he may be aware of it, but I don't know if he can uh, disclose that. So I'm giving you information right now that might be classified uh, if I were working for the government, because they would probably classify this information because they don't understand it. And, they, and, and for this information to be out there. This is why Cassie said, don't worry, don't be afraid. It's the truth. Uh, they, you couldn't do anything with it, is my point, if you knew this, because it's a, because you, to try and do something with this information, you would have to know what I know. And you would have to, so that means you would have to have gone to, through physics um, and, and literally almost have a doctorate in uh, both theoretical and applied physics to actually get what I'm telling you. My niece, my nephews, would get this and they'd be like, uncle, 
oh my God, we can make millions off of your off of this theory if we can prove it. Because they're right. This is the next step in uh, in the evolution of physics. Uh, and they wouldn't want this to be out to the world because then that opens up free energy. So they wouldn't. So they would. That's why I'm saying it would be classified, uh, because to know this, to prove this uh, opens up infinite energy uh, and they, they can't have that. So I'm sure they already know about it because I know about it. And if I know about it, then the, I'm assuming the government knows about it, because uh, if you if you think otherwise and you think that you've come up with something that they don't they have people that they just pay. They just talk about this and think this shit up all the time. And anybody who comes up with theories like this, usually uh, they, that's why they wanted to hire me because I was already thinking about this stuff 30 years ago when most people didn't understand what Uno and Pentium was uh, until 2015. But Bob Lazar knew what it was in 1984. Okay. So, because he worked for the government and in, back then in 1984, they wanted me to work for them. They were recruiting me earlier than that. They were recruiting me at age 11. I was born in 1967. So 11 was 1978. Okay. In 1978, they were already recruiting me because of what I knew then and my potential. Okay. So could you imagine, because then I went on my own and educated myself and I was going to become a nuclear physicist and work for not the government, but uh, other entities. And then I realized that it didn't matter that if you know this stuff, then that's the whole story. That's why my mother, when she saw Goodwill Hunting said, you realize that's you. This movie is about you. And I'm like, well, it's not literally about me. It's about other people like me uh, and those of us who have gone through this. And, and we have that decision to make to either go to work for the government or not. And they didn't they didn't sell you that in there. They sold that as uh, you, they, you know, that uh, Skarsgård was a scientist and he was saying to better the human race. But he knew Matt Damon's character knew that if he did that, he would be going to work for the government. And Robin Williams, who was the psychiatrist, who was also a nuclear physicist uh, and had uh, decided not to uh, he, to work for the government because of the government, was basically referring to that and alluding to that if you really pay attention to the conversations that they had and that he was saying love is more important, but you have to ultimately make the decision of what you want to do. But they're going to use you. And they're going to use it to make a weapon out of it. He had no reservations. He knew that. And that's why Matt Damon's character knew that. And when my mother saw that, she was still back then cognitive enough to realize that that was my life. What happened to him was what was happening to me. And that they were trying to convince me to go to work for them. And they were they were chasing me since I was 11. And they didn't stop until until I was around 27. But by that time, I was working for the Irish government. Because I started when I was 18. As soon as I was of age, I started working for the Irish government. So then they realized if I was going to do any of that, it would have been for the coalitions, which is exactly what I did and what I'm still doing. And I never rolled that out to anybody either. So a lot of the people who knew me before, when I never talked about any of that, they're like, when did you get all these delusions of grandeur? Like, I, this, you don't even know the stuff I was doing when you thought you knew me. Okay. Right. Cassie said he seems very awake. He seems pretty awake. I'm going to put that up on the screen. He seems very awake, but I agree they had to edit stuff out or he had to sign an agreement. He did. He said that in the on the show uh, not to say certain things that he would lead people to the actual truth. He actually and that's why I don't believe they're, they're going to they're going to continue because it's getting them ratings. But they may they will. I'll be surprised if they use the term um, 
you know, uh, wormhole. They have said Einstein. It seems like an Einstein Rosen bridge. They can say that because that right there is just a theory. And by saying that, it's not actually saying toroidal field, um, because toroidal field is far more um, poignant than Einstein Rosen bridge. Einstein Rosen bridge makes it sound like it's uh, the Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge, although it is. <laughs> although it is. Um, that's the beauty and the fun of that, uh, because it, it, the Einstein Rosen bridge, even though it was because uh, it was uh, Einstonian and Rosen uh, were two people uh, that came up with a theory and they, they penned it together. And so they called it the Rose, Einstein Rosen bridge uh, because it was their two names, because in science, you always name things after yourself. Um, so they called it the Einstonian Rosen bridge, meaning Einstein and Rosen, the two men and their um, wormhole, their bridge and their explanation of a wormhole, which is a toroidal field. Uh, and they haven't really gotten into realizing that either uh, in science, uh, but they're getting there. That's what Einstein uh, was referring to when people said, how do you feel about being the most in, uh, you know, smartest man in the world? And he said, I don't know. You'll have to ask Nikola Tesla because Nikola Tesla got it. He knew it. Okay. He knew it. And if you know anything about Tesla, depending on how much you know about science, Tesla knew it. Tesla understood 369. He understood the toroidal field. That is what the toroidal field is. The energy of 369 is the toroidal field. Okay. And I say toroidal field, but it's because the word toroidal means the encompassing globe that has the hole in the center that goes uh, literally from a large hole to nothingness to a zero point and expands back out from that and all of the energy of everything in the universe. If you watch any of my memes, reels, whatever you want to call them, uh, reels, uh, shorts, whatever you call them, you will see those fields. I reference the toroidal field almost always in some way in everything that's there. So everything that I'm showing you on all those videos and including the music, the music is usually a, 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 a rendering of what you're seeing visually. Like the heart chakra. When you hear the, the music that you're hearing for the heart chakra, it is literally the sound of the frequency of the heart chakra. So when you see that, Cassie, your husband just liked it the other day. He watched it and hit like uh, on my TikTok, I think it was. Um, if you watch that, and, and literally if you watch the prior to that, or the one I posted just before or just after, it's Nikola Tesla saying to you, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of, and then he says energy, uh, energy, frequency, and vibration. And then if you look at the heart chakra video that I show you, the first visual you see is energy. The second video you see is, is, uh, is the rendering, and the third video that you see is vibration. Uh, so it's literally energy, frequency, vibration of the heart chakra. And what you're hearing is the sound of energy, frequency, and vibration all together at once. And the pitch, the tone is of the heart chakra. Okay. So almost everything exclusively that I do, that I do is done that way. So the visual that you see and the music that you uh, hear is in some way either the exact tone that I'm frequency that I'm uh, telling you about, or it's associated with it. Um, you know what I mean? In some way, look at the name of the song, listen to what the song is talking about. Uh, and you'll see that it references. So I'm giving you harmonics as well as visuals. So I'm stimulating uh, all the different parts of your, uh, of your uh, being uh, in every way. 
consciously, subconsciously, physically, spiritually, uh, in everything that I uh, make. I do that on purpose. So there's no, there is no um, accidental, inconsequential music that I put with the visuals. The same thing with the words. Okay, so you'll see that I re I reference that that toroidal field all the time, all the time. Okay, and there's a reason for it, and the heart chakra. There's a reason for it. Okay, so instead of finishing. Um, we're going to uh, stop here and finish next week. I know that I'm only getting through a few questions at a time, but there's a, a, there's so much information. This is why they keep telling me I need to write because I literally should start using the title of a Melchizedek, but I, I don't really worry about titles too much uh, because I literally, that's why the Oracle, one of the oracles calls me the history book because I literally know all this stuff because I've literally learned it and I've acquired it and I've uh, ascended to it. Drives everybody crazy around me uh, when you throw me on a tangent. And then sometimes people just want to look at me and go, you don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. And I'm okay with that too. It's whatever you want to believe about me is what you're going to believe. <laughs> right. However, we'll see what happens. Cause they're, yeah, Cassie said exactly. They keep the mystery for the ratings. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see how far they go uh, with the reveal of what they think that is. But I, I already know what it is. Peter does too. And that's why he made that reference. Um, because he knows what it is also. Uh, and, and it's obvious to those of us in the field what it actually is. If you're in spiritual without even knowing physics, uh, if, if, you, if you're enlightened enough, you're going to know from what they're showing you, from all the data, you're, you're already going to go, ooh, you know what, I think that, that that's what that is. But it is. Uh, and uh, that also plays into my theory of crop circles and how they got here. It has nothing to do with aliens. <laughs> okay. Nothing to do with aliens whatsoever. It has to do with the natural energies of the universe and the earth uh, itself. And that's what's going on there. I believe that whole entire area is like a big giant um, uh, a satellite dish. If you look at it from the top down, it's literally uh, surrounded. It goes in a big circle and it's indented. The entire uh, area is, is uh, the landscape happens to be making that exact same thing happen. When you take uh, that shape, uh, and this is where, where they realized, uh, you know, with the uh, microphones, if you take that shape, the, the, the concave shape uh, of something that's circular and round and it is exactly round and it, and it dips exactly what happens when a meteor strikes and it leaves that impact crater. If you take that impact crater, so if you go in Arizona, there's a really, really big one. If you go down to the center of that and you take a microphone and you point it up to space and you hook that up to a magnifier or just to hook the microphone up to your ears, um, you're going to hear because it, it literally projects and, and attracts sound from a long distance away. And over here we, in San Francisco, we have a thing that's called the Exploratorium. And in there they have all the science stuff and they take one of those one of those and they turn it sideways and they point it directly across about 100 yards to another one. And they have, and, and without a microphone, you can walk up and whisper, and the sound will literally go over to the other one because the both of those are making that uh, that same uh, thing that, that creates and draws in the sound. It's making a toroidal field that you can't see. And literally, I can talk to somebody 100 yards away with 100,000 people in between us, all screaming, and I can hear over them, and they can hear over you. Okay. 
And literally the caves in uh, in the Four Corners here in the United States, where the Hopis said that they were in for 10,000 years during the Ice Age and then came back and the ant people, which is what they call them, the ant people took them in there to keep them alive during the during the time of the cataclysm of the of the frost. Literally, they have found going in there that there's one chamber that if you stand in the center of it and you speak, even in a whisper, you can be heard throughout the entire cave complex, no matter where you are, no matter how many people are speaking. It's literally as if there's a microphone on with speakers and surround sound everywhere in that entire underground complex. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that documentary about it. But if, so if so, somebody who was the leader of the people who wanted to talk to the entire people who lived underground in this facility. And, and when you, your mind conjures up, oh, there was about 100 people there. No, no. There was tens of thousands of people that lived for over 10,000 years underground. And they had plenty of food and water and everything else to sustain their lives in this place that was illuminated, not by fire, because there's no soot on the roof. And if there was, and it was an, in, in, in the whole place was encompassed, they would have had problems with their lungs. They didn't, and they had air that they found literally that went to the outside, and it literally uh, the way it was constructed was so that it actually pulled air in and circulated air to make sure there was enough breathable air, but it didn't cool down the place and freeze everybody out. And it literally brings air in so that there's oxygen to breathe. And it, and it oxygenates just by the, the very way it was built and how it was built and the angles of everything that was built so that people would have air. So somebody who built that was far more advanced than even we are today. We're just barely starting to understand that. And that was a cave system that is more than 10,000 years old. Okay. And there's terodio fields in there that science doesn't even get now. But someone with my background in, in, in math and in, in the sciences, we literally recognize that, but I can't tell them that. Because if I tell them that, they're going to, you know, if I'm, they're going to be worried that I'm going to try and make money off of them. So they'll immediately go, no, 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 that's not it. Until they can prove that themselves, the, the people in charge, and then they'll figure out how they can make money off of it. Then they'll go to the whole world and have documentaries about it. But only when it, it gives them money. So if I come up with that theory and I talk about it, the people who own that, they go, there's no definitive proof because they're not making money off of it. They're 3D and they're worried about making money. And that's why uh, people do that. They're motivated by, by money and ratings and they will stop you and say you're wrong even when you're right because you're making money and they're not. That's the truth of it. Right. But in science, on, on the other, in the other respect, in the science field, the first thing you do is try and discount and disprove everything. Because if you can disprove it, then it's not something. So the first thing that all scientists do as a scientist, you know that if you come up with a theory, everyone is going to try and prove you wrong. But they're doing it for two reasons. One, because that's the only way you can prove something is to, is to not be able to disprove it. But they also don't want you making money uh, and they want to be the one that's making the money. So they're going to they're going to tell everybody that you're wrong and you're a hack and you don't know what you're talking about. And then they, later on down the road, they're going to come up with something very similar to yours and try to make money off of it. That's always what happens. People steal your shit. I just talked about that, about me talking about the law of one and people who were friends of mine 
are now trying to sell that to other people. And they talk about the law of one. I'm not saying they, I have exclusive rights to the law of one. That's why I'm not even uh, uh, naming those people or even going after them in any way, because they're still, they're still, uh, you know, uh, 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 serving the all. So I, I look at them and go, well, they're trying, whether they're doing it to make money or not. I don't care. That's up to them. Right. Whether you guys listen to them or not, I don't care. That's up to you. Right. I encourage that because then if you believe them more than me, stop listening to me and follow them. Right. Uh, or use them and me for the same reason to gain more knowledge. That's what I tell people. Do what you need to do for you. That's what I'm trying to teach is that. But I'm going to start writing books and, and sell it to you. And then I'm going to probably tour and talk about that. But that's going to be part of the mission. And that is apparently part of the mission from the council because the council is the one that keeps bugging me every time a psychic comes through. If I'm anywhere near the psychic, they call me out. Cassie knows this happened to her <laughs> on the same day, shortly after me. And also Peter GV, if he's in the house, it happened to him just after me where where on one psychic reading just from the other day, she called us out. We, we didn't even come in and start talking. Is, is, is Leo there? I need to tell him something. I was the first person she told something to, and she sensed I was in the audience and had to tell me. And then Peter was there, and he had made a comment, and she had to go jump on Peter. And then later, she was trying to get off to be done an hour and a half later. Cassie shows up, and she says, wait, is Cassie here? I need to talk to Cassie. <laughs> right? So the council is sending information to us through these psychics going, okay, this is what it's time. You guys need to start pushing this narrative now, when you were hiding this from everybody for so long, now it's time to start pushing it. And um, that's what I'm working on now. That's why I'm talking about it now. I'm manifesting it. Like I said, do you guys through you uh, by using, using you guys uh, for the betterment of the all to help me manifest it. So it's not just me and a few other people. I'm trying to get it out there to all you guys. So you're, you're going to help me, whether you know it or not. <laughs> right. Denise was there. She saw the whole thing. Yeah, she says, I saw that. Laugh out loud. All right, guys, I love you. I got to go. It's six o'clock. I got to get dinner going. I need to put my feet up. Mom's watching the news. I need to change it. They're all in an uproar. Tomorrow, there's going to be a king crowned. If you've never seen that happen in your life, which I have not, I may watch it, but it's going to start at like five or six in the morning over here. So I doubt that I'll be getting up just to see that. I'll watch the reruns because that's all they'll be talking about on every news channel for the next week. Um, but it is history, right? He's not my king. Right. So but so, I, you know, and whatever. But it is history. Uh, and you may not ever see this happen again in your lifetime, uh, because there was, you know, a couple of lifetimes where people lived and died because the queen had, had got coronated. And she was back in the what 1930s or 20s or something. It was a long, long time ago. She lived to be like 187 or something. Uh, so he who knows, he may live for another uh, 40, 50 years. And you may not see this again, especially in the English uh, uh, lineage happen in our lifetime. So I would suggest witness it just because even if you don't see this as your king, that's not important. It is a, a tradition that goes back tens of thousands of years on this earth. So it might be worth giving it a look. I'm not going to have to watch it live. I'll watch it in, in rerun and go, yep, you know, who cares? It's just like a, a president or any other uh, head of state being put in office because that's really all they are these days, right? They just try to pretend that he's a king and that means something different than the president of the United States only because he's elected until he dies. Well, you know, we got rid of that whole ideology of 
of only a certain family gets to rule. And that's why they have to pretend and, pre and pretend they're not related to each other and not want you to know about it so that they can put their own family members in office in all of your political parties. <laughs> all right, enough about that religion. All right, guys, I love you guys. Have a great evening. This has been Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Have a great weekend. I'll probably see you next week. But I am from now on going to go at 3 o'clock instead of 4. I'll put that in the uh, in the scheduler, and I'll remind everybody so that people start getting used to the idea that I'm an hour earlier. We'll see how it goes. I might even go an hour earlier than that. Uh, it works better for me if I go earlier because, uh, it, you know, because of the time and dinner. Uh, than it does for me doing it later. Uh, it, now that mom's getting to be more to where I have to watch her more than when I first started doing this show seven years ago, right? Um, or I started talking on the on the air seven years ago. So because now she takes more of my time, I need to schedule it more in the daytime when she's just awake and fully awake and watching stuff on television that I know is on that she watches every day. All right, guys, I love you. Have a great day. Um, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Cassie, if we don't talk tonight, we'll do it tomorrow. I have, um, I'll have more time tomorrow cause I'm not on air. Um, so, cause now my voice is gone and shot. I'll probably not say much to anybody today, unless it's important and you have to talk to me today. And if so, we'll communicate, uh, after I'm off air. Okay. Uh, but if it's, if you can wait till tomorrow, please do so. And then we'll talk then. But if it can't, and if you think it's important, that you want to talk today, I'm okay with that. Cassie, you know that I'll, I'll talk whenever Peter, you know that. Um, so if it is something that you guys really need to talk today, let me know and, and I'll eat and talk, right? I'll get, I'll get on there with you guys and we can get encrypt our shit and, <laughs> and talk about things. All right, guys. I love you guys. Uh, have a great evening. Uh, I'll talk to you the rest of the world, uh, tomorrow or the next day or the next day or next Friday. All right, guys. Peace out.